Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Good evening, brothers and sisters of the leaf. Coming to you live, finally, once again, from O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys welcome some very special guests as they talk their way through 1987's Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, while smoking the Traveling Man Lancero from Hireman Solomon Cigars, paired expertly with the Voodoo Liquid Paradise IPA from New Belgium Brewing Company. Whether you're a nerd or a jock, it just doesn't matter, folks, because we're in for one hell of a party. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Good to see you all, boys. I uh, came across a fun little story earlier on today I thought I'd share with you before we start here. Uh, this lady named Maria, a real devout Catholic, uh, got married at a real young age. She had ten children. Uh, after her first husband died, she remarried and had ten more children. Um, very quick succession, obviously. Uh, a few weeks after her second husband uh, passed away, Maria also sadly died. Um, and at Maria's funeral, the priest looked skyward and said, At last, they're finally together. And her sister was in the front row at the funeral and said, uh, Father, do you mean that Maria's finally together with her first husband or her second husband? He's like, no, no, no. I meant her legs. <laughs> uh, Gabe, you, uh, I want to go go a little easy on the um, religious jokes tonight. The religious jokes? I'll lighten up, yeah, boy. Uh, hey, Doc, why did uh, God make man before woman? Oh, geez. Because he didn't want any advice on how to do it. <laughs> No, seriously, why did God make Adam before you? Do we know? I'm not getting into this. You want to give Adam a chance to speak. <laughs> Kate. Yeah. Uh, what's wrong with we, you guys? We literally have a reverend sitting next to us. Oh, crap. Hey, man. How you doing? We have a reverend at the table. 
Ooh. I, I knew you were here all along. Did you? Yeah, I think so. Your head was blocking. Why didn't you say something earlier? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, well, hello there, Rev. Hey, Welcome. Hey, 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 um, Finally a chance to bring some religion to you heathen sons of bitches. <laughs> I'll get the water out. Hold on. Hit it. Welcome, Rev. Welcome, Derek. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast, episode 92, coming to you live from O'Brien's Irish Pub in historic downtown Temple, Texas. Downtown Temple. Is it just me, or does every downtown in Texas claim to be historic? When you live in the great state of Texas, every downtown is Just historic. once, I'd like to see a downtown be honest. Like, just, anything historic yeah. ever happened here? No. no. We're just <laughs> just a downtown. I didn't see any signs in Hillsboro where they made that claim. It's just downtown Hillsboro? I think it's just Hillsboro. They don't even have a downtown. It's not like a Brahms capital of Texas or Brahms capital of the world. I'm, I'm going to get a bunch of letters from the Hillsborough Chamber of Commerce now, aren't I? <laughs> uh, more than you usually get. Those are usually my fault. I uh, guess this is, too. Uh, well, historic status or not, uh, we haven't been here at the pub in a long time. Um, I think Roadhouse. I think it was like episode 50. I think it was like our big 50th. Yeah, well, that was like five episodes of hell and... Yeah, takes 50 episodes to recover it. Yeah, it was brutal. Man, we got shit-faced that night. Uh, so let's see if we can talk. I was, I was about to say, I just remember looking over at the uh, that side of the table just going, you assholes. Oh, yeah, you were real miserable that night. You seem in much better spirits tonight, Tut. Uh, probably because we're doing a live show. That's what you, you want to do. Well, all Dad, of- and my Rev's here. Hey. hey. Oh, and, and, and this and, guy. And Derek. Uh-huh. And Derek. Uh, you've been wanting to do live, nothing but live shows. So yes. you, you got your wish tonight. Um, we are live on Facebook for the second time, maybe? Oh, did I grab yours? Yeah, it's whatever. Okay. Right. Uh, he does that, Derek. Keep an eye on. Uh, anyway, Anywho, uh, tonight we do have two special VIP guests with us. Um, Rav Java. And Kate. Mr. Ryan Henderson. How hey. are you, sir? Phenomenal. How are you? I'm great. Good. You just flew into uh, Texas this afternoon? Absolutely. From yeah. New York? From New York. Upstate New York. Uh, you've been... Uh, we've been friends. We're going to get to talk a little bit about our friendship in a, a minute. A couple years, yeah. Um, but, we don't uh, tell all the stories, though. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. This is live. Yeah, right. Um, but, um, you know, fan of the show, but uh, old friends. Yep. Um, really glad to have you here. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. And you did what all great guests do. You, you brought tonight's cigars. I did. I tried uh, my best. We'll get to those uh, here in a second. And then our, our second VIP guest. I don't know about VIP, but I, I'll, I'll take guest. Uh, you are guest. Uh, you are our guest. And don't guest. forget it. Um, <laughs> I'll try. Uh, Mr. Derek Matthews of Black Label Trading Company. Thank you. Thanks for having Pleasure me. Pleasure to have you here, sir. It's good to be here. Uh, and we're going to get to why you're here in just a minute also. Um, that sounded very aggressive. We'll get to why you're here later on. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, old gentleman. Everybody drink. Um, Rev, if God sneezes in front of you, what do you say? Oh, God normally says, you know, gesundheit, and then would say, make sure you like the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. And, and wash your hands. And wash your hands. And wash your hands. Yeah. But that second part. Yep, so, absolutely. Uh, you have it on good authority. God is pretty a Pretty good authority. God yeah. is I mean, a not exact, the, but pretty good authority. God's a fan yeah. of the two cents. That's what I hear, uh, allegedly. So. I like it. I like it. Hey, you know what? My arm just stopped tingling. <laughs> you know, speaking of tingling, these microphones, these gold microphones, I haven't had the pleasure to be in front of these and. I'm wondering, is this the new Jesse Smollett model that you guys brought in from Glee oh. or, or whatever his uh, show is? I don't know. I don't get the reference. Uh, well, they're just very fancy. They're flashy? Important. Yeah, they're flashy. Um, well, they're they're VIP microphones. Um, so if you weren't a VIP, we wouldn't be able to hear you talking right now. 
Maybe uh, I shouldn't be a VIP. They're VIP sensitive. Uh, no, we've always had these mics. Pretty nice. They must look. I think they probably look a little toned down on on YouTube. <laughs> pretty shiny. Pretty shiny, like it. Well, Tut shines them every night. Cade um, makes me. I make him. <laughs> uh, well, real quick before we get started, uh, thank you for joining us. If you're uh, watching in on on Facebook Live, uh, we are going to talk about Cats Fest Six for a second. Uh, mentioned it on the last show. Uh, the 2019 Cats Festival, aka Cats Fest Six, will be the first craft beer and cigar festival in the United States. How's that never happened before? Uh, but Cats Fest is so much more than a craft beer and cigar festival. Oh yes, it is a great community coming together to support our deployed men and women in the armed services and having an exceptional time while doing it. You I also got, heard there's chili with beans too. Didn't I hear that? Oh, I'll get to the chili. Oh, okay, with beans. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that was part of the momentarily. Momentarily, I'm just yeah. Um, you guys always have an exceptional time at Cats Fest, don't you? Always have. Always have. Things kick off in style. I'll give you a little preview of what you're in store for if you go to Cats Fest, which maybe that's why you're listening. We have four tickets to give away tonight to Cats Fest. So listen here. This is what you could be in store for. Things kick off in style Friday night with the Drew Estate VIP Denim and Lace Dinner. It's always a good meal. If we do go, we don't know if TNCC is going to be there this year. We're still trying to get some information. If we do go, though, we will be VIPs. We always we're VIPs. we're always we're always VIPs. VIPs. Who's wearing the lace? Oh, okay. Uh, Cody is a lace man. The Drew Estate dinner is then followed by the chili with beans competition. Uh, Rev, Derek, are you guys bean chili beans in your chili guys? You know, I'm the kind of guy that doesn't uh, prepare his own meals. Let's call it that way. So I'll take it however I can get it. Okay. I prefer chili with beans, but I got to say I have family in Ohio. I'm at Cincinnati Chili, no beans. So I'm kind of on the fence there. You put on spaghetti, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Five-way, whatever, four-way, whatever. Yeah, but... Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the last show, we... Oh, had those long-suffering Bengals fans. <laughs> <laughs> and their wacky ways. Well, maybe they shouldn't be eating so many beans. Or maybe they need to eat more maybe beans. Maybe they need more, yeah. Uh, and then after the Chili with Beans competition, there's the Drew Diplomat Legendary Pre-Party, which, Rev, I think the last one, we got pretty nuts with you. There was a cat involved. That's all I know. There was a big cat involved. Uh, boy, so many drinks. Uh, were you there, Derek? I was uh, there when you guys got back, and it was my <laughs> first time getting to meet Mincy. And then the next day we did an interview, and he acted like we had never met. So I made I made quite the impression, and apparently so did the booze. I actually forgot you for a couple hours, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, these parties are, are off the hook. Uh, just crazy. Crazy good. Uh, Wait, who are you again? <laughs> Doctor? I, I did mention last time, though, I, I think it may have been ill, Ill planning to put the chili with beans competition before the... <laughs> who's hitting the dance floor after you know it's chili with beans? It's going to be tough. Um, well, I'll say it once again. On Saturday, that's the day you want to be there. You get cigars. You get beer. You got a Bloody Mary competition in the morning. You got mustache and beard competitions in the afternoon. Derek, you got a nice beard going. Thanks. I've been working on it. Uh, James is a little disappointed that I cut it down a few months ago, but uh, I'm uh, oh, it was I'm a little I'm a little hirsute as it is, uh-huh. so uh, this is this is coming back. All right, I've I seen know. it in a while. It, uh, Thank you. I, I like it. Uh, if you were going, you could enter the, uh, the competition. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think. Uh, when you know it's like working at the bar, you're not allowed to enter the contest. So, uh, yeah, figures. That's true. Wait, is that true? I bring up the. I, I do always bring up the challenging questions. Yeah, tut. 
Uh, yeah, all right. Pull the cord, will you? Yeah. Uh, there's also Bloody Mary. What did I say? Bloody Mary mustaches. Uh, oh, live music all day. That sounds awful. And finally, on Sunday, you get a bunch of stuff like Cigars for Warriors. Mincy, you'd like this, Doctor. Two-person scramble golf tournament. Uh, <laughs> it would be unfair if I were to enter. <laughs> <laughs> According to Derek, you can't. Uh, no, we can't have any fun. Uh, can we go to the crazy pizza party, Derek? Would that be okay? I'll, I'll sign off on that, yeah. Okay. But if I win whatever the Bloody Mary mustache thing is, I'd have a disguise. Mm. Uh, Derek would probably still tell him. <laughs> he seems like kind of a... My reputation <laughs> precedes me. Uh, kind of a rat. Oh. All right. Wow, rat. Wow. Yeah, that's so much better. Dude, I, I didn't have to be here, man. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm just teasing, of course. It's literally three crazy days. Yeah, it is three crazy days of raising hell and raising a ton of dough for our troops in the process. So much uh, money is raised, and it goes to our favorite charity, Cigars for Warriors. Rev, you've been to most of the Cats Fests. Could you maybe talk a little bit? I mean, you always, you obviously, you do the opening, the opening prayers. Yep. We do a POWMIA. We do a empty um, uh, folding of the flag. The whole kind of thing. So we really try to remember our troops that have passed away, um, those that are left behind, and yeah, try to keep that in the center of what we do. And there's a big military presence yeah, there. Yeah, this year there'll be a junior ROTC uh, group coming in and doing display of the flag, along with the folding, along with I believe taps too. We're trying to have as well. So so it'll be kind of an all. A ceremony sometime along the day during Saturday. Okay. I don't know the exact time, but it'll be sometime during the day on Saturday. Okay. So. Are you going to Cats Fest this year? I will be. I will be there. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you could win a ticket tonight. Save yourself some money. Uh, you know, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that works. I'll, I'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be, you know, I think we're ineligible yeah, to win the tickets, yeah, so, yeah. at least till he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Derek, why the hell are you here? Well, uh, Black Label has been a part of Cats Fest uh, since the company came out, um, and this year, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to be there. I think everybody knows uh, James and Angela live down in Nicaragua. I had a previous family engagement, and of course, Stephanie's piloting around the world now, and uh, it didn't work for our schedules, but we do very much value the mission of the Cats Fest and Cigars for Warriors, so... uh, I asked Matt and the crew if we could come on tonight to announce that we are making a $1,000 donation to Cigars for Warriors. Hey! Uh, we'll be sending that off tomorrow. Uh, wanted to encourage uh, all your viewers, uh, and I'll see myself again telling myself, maybe make a personal check, uh, to you know really give this charity a try, uh, send them some money, help them out. It, uh, as someone who has a lot of family who's been deployed, it really means all the world for them to have cigars and the accoutrements that go with them. It is the number one requested uh, relaxation item by our troops. And not only do now since the FDA got involved and big companies like Drew Estate who were sending just skids of cigars, pallets of cigars for so many years, they can't do that anymore right. because of the FDA. Um, so not only do they need cigar donations now, but that shit is expensive to ship. Yeah. Uh, so so much of that money uh, that raised goes to postage um, to get over there. A thousand bucks, man. Yeah, that's, putting a grand down on it. That know. is nice. Well, we wish we could be there. Uh, just didn't work out, but we still want to show our support. So thanks for uh, you know letting us come on and rev. Thanks for everything you're doing for the organization too. Uh, TNCC will also be donating a check. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. right? I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable talking amounts. So it's between us and Cigars for Warriors. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that is awesome, uh, Mr. Matthews. Well done. Uh, well done. And um, 
to raise a little bit more money for Cigars for Warriors, you've got a little uh, yeah, yeah. something up your sleeve for this evening. I brought a few things. Uh, we're going to be posting this tomorrow on the TNCC Facebook site, so sure if any of you guys are interested, I uh, put together uh, some things out of my own personal humidor. To uh, I've seen it. It's a nice humidor. Thank you. And uh, just want to. I'm just pulling this out to show the camera to kind of maybe pique your interested interest if you're wanting to maybe get some things that aren't as easy to get. We have the Killer Bee Connecticut, the Shercon, the Neon Tiger, the Misfit and Fiend. These four here are factory only. You can only get them in Nicaragua unless you have some know someone who's gone down and brought some back up. I've known you for years and you. Still, I've never given you. You've any still of that. never given. Right. Me. And uh, well. We'll see about that, uh, but probably not. No, I know. Uh, what we're going to do is put that up on the TNCC page tomorrow for uh, a raffle, well, not a raffle, but a, um, an auction. An auction. And um, we'd ask people to bid, and the high bid, I'm going to work with you. We'll put it on the post as to what time we're going to cut it off, and uh, I will work with the winner to get with Cigars for Warriors. That money will be do- donated to CFW, and then I'll send you the cigars. So. So you bid on these rare cigars. Uh, I, I, there's several in there I've, I've wanted to smoke for years. <clears throat> I guess it would look really bad if I won the auction with a last-minute bid. My winner no. is the TNCC doctor coming in at the last second. Uh, no. no, as long as you send them the money and share the cigars with us, everybody's happy. Oh, uh, there's a share the cigars with you part of it. Well, uh, anybody need a drink? Man, this is not very brotherly or fraternal. Uh, it's because we don't have Fritz music. We used all our microphone jacks for you guys. We, we can't play music. I'm used to... You know, Fritz kind of drives the energy in here, and it's, yeah, I just have a feeling it's like a Lord of the Flies thing. In about a half hour, we're just gonna be turning on each other. I hope so. Oh, you just you you've earned some you've earned some credits tonight. <laughs> Called you a rat. Call me a rat. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm already working on alliances. <laughs> a snitch. Ever, Derek, we're in this together. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, well, so yeah, uh, you know, we're we're gonna be up here tonight for a good while, and probably for a good while after the microphones are off. So. Uh, that auction will not be going up in the... Some of us may never leave here. <laughs> it will not be up at 7 a.m. It will that's not be in sure. the morning, uh, let's say mid-afternoon-ish. Yeah, well, um, I'm not going to paint myself in any corners, yeah. And then we'll, we'll set like a, a 10 p.m. Uh, deadline, maybe. I'll post it in the uh, Black Label group as well. So look for it on our page, um, and then uh, you can find it on the, the, Black, the Black Label, uh, which... Go ahead and give it a plug. It's a great community on Facebook for fans of Black Label. Okay, yeah, thank you. get you. to communicate with the, the brand owners, right. um, with Mr. Derek himself. Tell them a little bit about Well, we have a, a Facebook group page on there called the James Brown BLTC Black Works page. Uh, just put it in your search on Facebook. You'll find it. It's a really good way to see some new interesting things that are happening down at our factory in Esteli. It's a great way to see new retailers who have come on board to keep up with your area. Um, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of interesting smokers trades that go on there, and other, you know, all the all the exciting cigar things that you want to see from hopefully a brand that you want to follow. Sure. <laughs> so, um, well, and these brands have become a little cult-like over the over the last. I mean, especially the small boutique brands. Uh, man, you have the, some really diehard fans. Uh, it's cool. We feel very fortunate for uh, for the fans we have, and we're. Uh, we're always recruiting. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I check out that page every once in a while. And there's all these guys just smoking their neon tigers and their <laughs> fiends, and they don't even know Derek. Well, yeah, and they've well, never been to the factory. Dude, I, uh, our, our rep in this area, isn't you guys know him, but ben. just Ben Holt. He calls me uh, ground control. Uh, they're out there on the road. They're the rock stars. They're doing all the hard work. But um, we we have a great team of reps 
across the country, um, and I just kind of lay behind the scenes. So. Well, you guys uh, do, are really good at what you do. So. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so you know about the $1,000 donation uh, from Black Label Trading Company to Cigars for Warriors. You know about the auction tomorrow on our site. That money goes to Cigars for Warriors, and you get yourself some cool cigars. We are going to also give away four tickets to Cats Fest so you can go see what the hell we're talking about. We got four general admission tickets to give away tonight. All you got to do throughout the course of the night is leave a comment on this video. Uh, you know, you can tell me I'm an asshole. I think we got a few of those last time. Uh, oh, it was more than a few. My phone. And no, you can't do it, Derek. Uh, <laughs> Your neighbors uh, say hi. Oh, hello, neighbors. Uh, Are they oh, distracting you? Everybody is. Okay. okay yeah. Good, good job, guys. He's in his own little world over there. That's why I don't like doing his live stuff. He zones out and is <laughs> so busy. Um, he always zones out. Now he just has an excuse for not paying attention to us. Hey! Hey, lately I've been doing some newer movies, and he's been really, like, he's been a lot more, he's been a lot more active than, than, like, you do things. Please tell me, please tell me you're not, because you're doing the live thing, you're you're still going to be participating in the, because your critiques are the ones I look forward to the most. No, I'm going to be silent the entire night. You're the only nerd we've got here. Hey! Oh, can't say that now either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, all you got to do to win the, uh, what we're going to do is... It's pretty good. At the end of the show, we're going to take everyone who left us a comment. Um, we're going to put, and you have to like the TNCC page. So we're going to take all the people that have commented. We're going to put your names into a randomizer, something right. or other. Yeah, look at anybody but me. It'll pull up. Uh, <laughs> it'll pull up four names, and we will announce those tomorrow, right before we start the uh, Black Label auction. These tickets aren't cheap. You get a lot for your money. But, man, if you get these free, you get a lot for nothing. And it's uh, a great culture. It's a great community. I mean, yeah. Everybody there is just really kind of warm. Uh, well, there was like this six-foot-seven firefighter dude the first year. And the moment oh, we walked through the hotel, he was just like, drink, drink. Yeah. I hadn't he done, was, a, I hadn't done yeah. a, bong, a beer bong. You were at that one. Yeah. Since uh, my Sam Houston days. And, man, I, I literally had showed up ten minutes later. I'm just... Doing a beer bong. So know. we didn't know, but it was, it's, it was a wonderful community. Uh, that's where we met Rev. And we met Rev there. Cool. Absolutely. And Rev not only became uh, such a great friend, he married Tut and his wife. He came down and married them in Austin, Texas. We uh, last year broke bread with Rev. Uh, we ate at his parents' house with him up yeah. in Connecticut. Uh, you really meet people at these events that uh, aren't just cigar friends, uh, they're friends. As Derek and pointed out, I met him twice. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see how close we are. <laughs> Get your ass to the Drew Diplomat pre-party. Uh, you will not regret it. Um, so, yeah, so that's what you got to do to win tickets. Comment, like TNCC page. Uh, I'm talking a lot about Cats Fest. You might say, Cade, when is this thing? Cade, when is this thing? Cade, where is this thing? Cade, where is this thing? I'm glad you asked, Derek. May 23rd through the 26th. At Lake Granbury Conference Center in Granbury, Texas. Not Barry, Bury. Uh, that's up near Dallas, I believe. Yes. Uh, go right now to catsfestival.com for ticket and hotel information. And again, good luck winning tickets on the show tonight. Doctor, do you wish them good luck? Absolutely. Good luck for all. Uh, I thought you were going to do that. It's far too soon to tell. Doctor, 
do you, you can't you can't make it happen. I know, it's just we haven't seen you in a while. You can't right. show note it. You I'm can't excited, show note it. You know, live show. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, here's what we do for those of you uh, just joining us to win some tickets. Maybe you haven't seen us before. Uh, we every episode we pair a feature film uh, expertly with a craft beer and a premium cigar, and somehow we make the three of them work. Um, tonight, Rev was in charge of picking the movie and the cigar. Uh, I guess it all kind of started from your background. If you could tell the folks a little bit about your background as a Mason. Sure. I believe you're the first Mason we've ever... Am I? Well, we've only actually had one other person oh, on the okay. show. And I don't think Fritz is a Mason. <laughs> might be. I don't know. Yeah, so... Uh, we had that director lady. I think uh, she was like in some secret cabal group. Uh, she could Are been. you accusing the Reverend of being in a secret cabal? <laughs> Did you guys do an eyes wide shut and I didn't know? <laughs> well, you didn't have the password. <laughs> Is uh, a password or is a handshake? You, uh, you tell us. <laughs> you are a longtime Mason. Yeah, so um, I joined the Masonic Lodge uh, in Connecticut, where I grew up, um, uh, back when I was 18 years old. So it's a couple years ago. Uh, my family has always been part of the Freemasons or the Masonic family, and uh, somewhere along the way, I mean, just you know, good things. Good men doing good things, uh, along with women as well as a lot of auxiliary groups. Uh, you can Google it and find out more information than I'm going to tell you tonight. But um, for me, the best thing is it's just people doing good charity, and that fits in tune with who I am. So uh, it certainly does. Uh, I googled Masons, and it was awesome. The oh, I bet. Uh, the cigar. Well, first of all, you picked tonight's film. Originally, you picked the original Revenge of the Nerds. Um, because of its fraternity, its, sure. its brotherhood sure. angle. Um, I couldn't believe we hadn't done that film. Um, it turns out, because I guess they're showing the shit out of it on AMC, Yeah, they removed it from all the streaming services when they do that. Yeah. So we couldn't watch uh, the original Revenge of the Nerds. So tonight we're doing Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, which I'm actually kind of glad we did. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. I think we're going to have some fun with it. Um, so that's where you came in with the movie, yep. and then to pair it with, uh, you brought us a cigar actually blended and m- made sure. by Masons. Yeah. So this is um, the Hireman Solomon Lancero, the traveling man, um, and it comes out of a company called Hireman Solomon as well, all that are banded with the uh, Masonic Square and Compass, um, started by uh, two brothers, uh, Ed and George, um, over in New Jersey, who uh, were two brothers that were in lodge together and they liked cigars and they just thought up the idea of what would happen if we were to blend our own cigar um, and do good works with it. You know, any of the profits, uh, a portion of all profits go to Masonic and non-Masonic charities all over the place. And so they came up with all different cigars, different lines that all have names that are related to uh, the Freemason Society or the Freemason you know, fraternity. So Entered Apprentice, The Fellow Craft, Master Mason, uh, Veiled Prophet, uh, The Shriner, and The Traveling Man. Um, and this is probably the newest Vitola in the Traveling Man series. Uh, this one's actually getting a lot of uh, good... It's getting a lot of press. A lot of good media out just there. Just came out. In fact, actually, the store where I buy my cigars down at uh, Smoking Bear on the reservation in New York, in uh, Steamsburg, New York, um, just got it in just uh, earlier this week. So, you know... I, mean, I heard they gave you a good deal on these. Gave a great deal. Rob Crandall's a good guy, but once again, it's just... It just I guess you could say hot off the presses or something like that. So hot out of the molds. Hot out of the molds, yeah. So, all right. So yeah, and, and this is also one press. of my hot off the cigar press would work too. Sorry. I also love Lanceros, so that's why this piqued my interest too. I, I love the smaller, 
thinner of a tall You've lens. always been a Lancero always guy. Always been a Lancero I, guy. I'm hit or miss with them. I, I either like them or I just, I just throw them out. They don't do anything for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough it's a tough Vitola to, to make work. I mean, you've got such limited real estate here to... It's weird. Aesthetically, I don't like Lanceros. I'm always like, eh, crap. But taste-wise, I found myself liking Lanceros more often than not. Well, you certainly, uh, Derek, you probably know more about this than I mean, you it certainly seems like the wrapper plays more of a, a key component, um, you know, because you're, you're, you're getting so much more ra- ratio-wise than you have such little tobacco inside. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, how about that? Nobody's ever said that to me before. Um, so uh, it's a good-looking cigar, the light brown. Was it uh, Sumatra Indonesian Sumatra wrapper? Yeah. So the um, it's a you know it's a classic Lancero seven by thirty eight, and it's made in the it's manufactured in the uh, Placencia cigar in Esteli, Nicaragua. Wrapper is an in, is an Indonesian Sumatra binders Indonesian, and the filler is a Brazilian. Doctor, you're gonna have to help me. Ara. Arapidaka. Arapidaka, yes. Abano. Yeah, thank you. Abano Jalapa, Habano Ometepe, and Dominican for the filler. So um, hmm. comes in a thirty pound, uh, you know, thirty count box, and the price is nope. I won't tell you. Yeah, he's a fan <laughs> of the show. He knows. He knows. We will uh, we'll guess price point later on. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for a good Sumatra. I like Sumatra wrappers. Uh, Derek, y'all's SNR is a Sumatra, is it not? Yes, it is, and uh, I'll take that opportunity to say we'll be releasing that next month, this year's version. Oh, hmm. uh, yeah. It is my favorite cigar that you guys do. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. You should look for the Culebra we're putting out. We're only going to do 100 boxes of it. So. If I can't get one of those other fucking cigars, I'm not going to get that. Well, you did compliment the humidor, you know. It's, oh. It is nice. It's one of those temperature control <laughs> cabinets. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's motherfucking. It's, 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 it's one of the nicest humidors I've ever seen. It's the best humidor. It's the greatest <laughs> humidor. With you, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful humidor. If you ever get invited humidor. to a Fourth of July party at Mr. Matthew's house, go. It is a rocking good time. Thank you. Uh, it was it was a, it was a nice night. You're invited, Rip. Hey. Uh, Doctor, I'm not Let's get the date on the calendar. Yeah, that's good. It's far too soon to tell. <laughs> far too soon to tell you. Uh, well, Rev, uh, you did sure. good. Anything else you want to tell us about the cigar, about the company? Um, you know, once again, I mean, the big piece for me is that they're not only good cigars. You see them all over the place. They're at um, a lot of Masonic uh, events and conferences and stuff, and they're right along. Are Masons big cigar guys? A lot of them are, yeah. I mean, they they tend to be guys that are you know enjoy different things in life, and I, you know, I would say that for the fair amount, you know. A lot of Freemasons tend to like cigars. A lot of Shriners like cigars as well. So. What's the difference between a Shriner and a Mason? The yeah, hat, the hat. The little the hat. Hats. Yeah. So in order to be a Shriner, you know, we're, um, you know, you need to become a Freemason. But once again, oh, uh, so you, you Shriners trans- do good work. You transfer from yeah, Freemasonry to Shriners. Yeah, there's like this big conglomerate. Once you become a Freemason, there's a lot of different things to do within the fraternity. So um, you know, okay. there's. When do I get to be a stone cutter? Stone cutter? I can't really talk about that. So, but no, no. <laughs> Do Shriners ah. get to drive those little cars like in their All normal the life, like yeah. to the store and stuff? He's he asking too many questions. He is, he so is. just signal with a left eye blink <laughs> and say, I believe Louisiana is the Pelican State doctor. Okay. I'll go ahead and <laughs> okay. do what has to is be done. Is that the code? Okay, yes. good, good. Yeah. He, he knows how to handle me. <laughs> yeah, I believe the little cars and clowns uh, for the circus are absolutely required. Okay. Yeah. I actually brought, uh, I have some uh, Hiram and Solomon cigars. Uh, I, I think they had a factory change a year yeah, or two ago. Yeah, so I'm not sure when the new factory. They used to be made in the Dominican Republic. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what factory it was, so please Google it. Um, but I know that the 
I think in the last year and a half they've all been made in Placencia. Okay, well these were prior to that. Yeah, correct. And uh, I had gotten some, and they were kind of different sizes. We couldn't really do them on the show, mm-hmm. um, but I did bring some Shriners if anybody would like a yeah. a Shriner. Shriners of Toro, right? Was that a Toro? Yeah. Well, I thought they you actually all, brought some Shriners. Yeah. They, were, they drive in and they come in a little car, start circling around us. Uh, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, Rev, uh, thanks for doing your homework. Hey, doing the best um, I can. I got one more question for sure. you. Sure. If God were a vehicle, mm-hmm. Jeez, what would he be? I got enough problems mm-hmm. with God on when I'm doing this show. <laughs> Probably Honda a Honda. Is. I'm going to guess a good, sporty, responsible Honda crossover yeah, SUV kind of. Very responsible. A right? Honda SUV. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay. A pilot. Pilot. Honda a pilot. A Honda pilot. Yeah. Wrong. Oh, uh, the okay. correct answer is an ice cream truck. An ice cream truck. Because he would, brings joy to all those who discover him. Oh. Uh, what are we drinking next? Please. The New Belgian Liquid Paradise IPA. Oh, Nerds in Paradise Paradise IPA. Uh, it's see, from their uh, Voodoo Ranger series. Uh, yes, as you just said, uh, Nerds in Paradise. So this one, it's a... Uh, it is a lim- it's limited for their Voodoo Ranger series. It's uh, 7.8% ABV and it's only 44 IBUs. Which, after drinking a little bit, I'm surprised. I figured as an IPA, especially American, that it would be a little bit higher. But it actually tastes a little higher. It does. Mm. But it's they're, they're saying it's pretty low. Uh, uh, New Belgian, of course, most well known for producing a fat tire. Uh, all too often. People actually confuse the two, thinking that they're separate, but actually New Belgian is the brewery that actually produces fat tire beer that everybody loves. Uh, originally started in uh, 1991 by uh, co-founders uh, Jeff Labesh and Kim Jordan. Were they one of the three craft beers at the Peach Pit? Yes, uh, the six yeah, microbrews. Yeah, six microbrews. Yes. Back in not too ago, they David Silver was really bragging. They had all six national microbrews. Nice. That would have been that would have been New Belgium, one of them. Yeah. Yes. Good call, that. Brilliant. Uh, in uh, as of uh, they got the idea for uh, doing this because they actually did a bicycle, uh, did a bike tour through Belgium. And just went basically riding from all through all the breweries, just drinking beer and, and taking notes. And they came back to the states. They got to work uh, and have grown leaps and bounds over the years. Uh, as of 2017, and they were the fourth largest craft brewer and the eighth largest overall brewery in the United States. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, from their uh, 2016 numbers, they produced. Uh, 900 over 957,000 barrels for the various labels. So that's it's a lot of beer. It is a lot of beer, which means I'm just not drinking enough. I've been asking you to drink more. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, do you guys? Well, like we'd it? all made a New Year's resolution to drink more. I thought we were all on board with that. Yeah. I can uh, tell you that in 2000 and something, uh, New Belgium sponsored. They have a, a bike race. Have you mm-hmm. guys heard of it? The Tour de Fat. Yes. And have you guys, any of you guys done that? I'm not okay, that like, like, heavy. No, no. I need Nobody. to lose weight. I get it. We get it, Derek. <laughs> it almost killed me, but it was a lot of fun. If it, it, it often comes down through Austin. If you guys get a chance, I would 
Definitely well, wrecked. It's they a lot actually, of fun. in the early 2000s, also uh, sponsored a film I directed. Uh, it was an independent film, and we reached out. There's a lot of beer drinking in it. We reached out to... Both on and off. This is before. This is like 2002, <laughs> three. So we reached out to all the beer companies we could find. There wasn't you know, a million like there are now. And they sponsored the film. They shipped literally... You guys saw it. That way it was hundreds yeah. of cases of fat oh, wow. tire. We we had a whole hotel room just filled with fat tire. I was about to say I've heard stories where you open the hotel room and it's nothing it just, but case after people, case. Out we paid work. people with beer. We <laughs> we slept. We formed it cases into furniture. They gave us the fat tire like the the Pee Wee Herman bike. They, oh yeah. They gave us one of those. They gave us neon signs. They were awesome. Uh, them and Subway. Subway also sponsors. They gave us free lunch every day. Do you guys like the beer? I like it. Yep. It's refreshing. It is refreshing, yes. especially uh, now that it's starting to get a little bit warmer in Texas. Uh, it, was, it was a little surprisingly warm today. And so as soon as I hit the pub, I was like, refreshing springtime beers. That's all I want. It's got a little floral uh, little floral on the nose. I was picking up a little citrus. Yeah, a little citrus on the... Uh, red, on good the, point, Todd. This would, this would be a good warm weather beer. Uh, yeah. It's good cold. I think I'm tasting a little pine salt. That initial uh, scent out of, the, out of the pour was a little cleanser. That is something yeah. I had Derek put in your glass when you weren't looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had something put in my glass last night. My daughter <laughs> gave me a floor cleaner tablets instead of Alka-Seltzer. Oh. True story. As a joke? We can, we can move on. Oops. No, that really happened. <laughs> no, let's, uh, let's get the heat off me. Let's talk about you. And your, your How was that? <laughs> uh, the first sip, you knew it wasn't Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. Yikes. I was uh, actually on a call with a, a Skype call on Angela. She saw it happen live and was like, oh, my God, are you, do we need to call the hospital? <laughs> like, I don't think you can do that from Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I like it. You, doctor? Uh, yes. Very nice. Smooth taste. What do you guys think of the cigar? Really like that. It's uh, right off the bat. Uh, you get like a creamy vanilla kind of taste a little bit. It is creamy. Uh, I am getting a little bit of creaminess. I got mint on the cold draw, which mm. I get every once in a while. A little faint mint. Um, but uh, yeah, some herbs. My palate must be all out of whack because I'm not getting any. Well, I never get any cream, but I'm definitely not getting any mint. I just. I'm not getting it on it once we lit up. It was yeah. just on the cold draw. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just getting some real kind of mild earth. A little and, cocoa, uh, kind of like a little dryness, kind of you know. And uh, just a little bit of cream. You getting some cocoa, a little yeah. bit of chocolate? Just, just a little, just a little. Definitely about, the milky. What about you, Yagwa? Definitely picking up that cream. It was very, I, I don't know. It's kind of odd. Maybe just my palate this evening. I mean, just before I lit up, I mean, I was getting very sort of a leathery, hmm. some leather aroma. Yeah, just a bit bad. No, no mint or anything like that, but. You know the the cream and I'm just sweetness, but I can't say what the sweetness there. Okay. I got a little bit of fruit on the cold draw. That was definitely where that sweetness was. Papaya. Yeah. Well, no, I thought it was more like grape. Grapes. Yeah. Doctor. Really, just that kind of cream vanilla kind of taste. It didn't okay. didn't get any mint. Uh, nothing overly sweet. Yeah, uh, I actually I'm not, really like it. I'm not getting. I think something might be going on with you, Yak Boy. You've been getting sweetness in everything lately. I, I don't know. He was free basin when I showed up earlier. <laughs> I too had a slight, uh, you know, communion bread. Do you guys know communion bread? It's like a slight communion. A little bit of communion bread. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. I'll come back. We just we're all just uh, 
barely into this thing. I'll come back to it. Uh, let me introduce. My communion bread was not good, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. I, I usually mean, that was kind of like stale cracker communion bread. I, mine was crackers. <laughs> Those little wafer things. Oh, maybe that makes sense. Stale communion with some little grape. That's well, that's good. He put that in your head. Oh, okay. You've never in 92 episodes mentioned communion wafers as a uh, tasting. Oh, I've been to communion once or twice. (laughs) Are we already at 92? Yeah, 92 episodes. Can you believe it? Yeah. You know, I drive a lot. And we're still alive. And uh, I think I'm in the 60s somewhere. Boy, I need to catch up. Yeah, I mean, I bet a week would, uh, an episode would get you through most most of a work week. Well, these are pretty marathon. We're going at least, what, 345 minimum per show? Yeah. Uh, We've tried hard lately uh, to keep it right around three or under. Uh, I think last one was actually. I don't begrudge it at all, by the way. Uh, we're working on it. Um, you know, we'll see how tonight goes. Um, we're off to a hot start. Jeez, <laughs> wow. Um, it is. It is odd though, not having the music, isn't it? It is. It really is. Take me it's, back it's, to paradise. <laughs> Thank you. God. Problem solved. Paradise. Can you do the Lamar rap, please, Thank when you. the time comes? <laughs> please. Oh, I'm afraid it's far too early to tell. <laughs> yes! You just made Derek's night. And mine. Uh, okay, well, yeah, it's just a different energy without the without the music. Um, the But a couple more beers. Clap your hands, everybody. Everybody <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Todd, is, uh, is Facebook working fine? We got a, an audience? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of people have been asking Derek questions, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to interrupt the show, but, you know. Derek's uh, got a lot of fans out there. Oh. Well, Derek, uh, like a good VIP guest, shared the shit out of that we were doing this tonight. Not uh, well, though. You helped me this morning. Thank you. Uh, well, I had, he didn't tell him where to go. <laughs> well, no, I tried. I just couldn't link it, and you sent yeah. me a PM. You have to put an at in front of it. Yeah, well, he taught me that last week. Yeah, say hey. Yeah. And then Rev's got some fans, and... I'm, wow. I'm still looking for our fans, but basically everyone but us. Pretty much, yeah. But um, you know, internet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, write that down. All but right. no, it's going, it's going fine. It's going fine. All right, uh, as long as someone's out there. Uh, what well, it needs to be said: uh, the film tonight is 1987's *Revenge of the Nerds 2*: colon, *Nerds in Paradise*. Um, it needs to be said that there is a precedent here for us jumping ahead and skipping the original film. Uh, we did Shark Attack 3 without doing Shark Attacks 1 and 2. We did Chainsaw Massacre 2 and skipped over 1. We, we've done this before. Um, Death so, Wish. Uh, this isn't the first time by a long shot that we've we've skipped the initial entry in a series and gone straight to a sequel. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we did, like you said. It, it, it had been a while since I was a doctor. I was like, I don't know when I would sit down and watch this again. I, I feel like the film stands on its own without part 1. It does. It kind of does. Uh, it, well, it, it helps to know the backstory with their their thing against Adams, but it can be a standalone. And in my opinion, it might be a little bit more of a wholesome story. It was rated PG-13. Uh, my daughter was in the room, and we said, "Sure, you can watch this." And it probably should not. Was have that been. before or after she poisoned you? That was uh, <laughs> that was after. Okay. She probably should not have been rated PG-13. I, if, if I let my kids watch these movies we do, I would have been poisoned three years ago. Uh, that's that's. She asked me today, "Are you feeling okay, Daddy?" <laughs> she felt bad. Uh, of course she did. 
good kid. Well, she knows about the life insurance policy too, so you know, let's not take. Now we're getting complicated. <laughs> uh, she was sharpening a knife. While she, you feeling all right there, Dad? <laughs> uh, hey, our old, our old barmaid Nada just snuck in here and waved hi. Uh, okay, this is 2019. Can you even say barmaid? Barmaiden. Oh, thank you. Is that allowed? Sure. Bar. Bartender. Bartender. That's a neutral. Drink bringer. Drink bringer. Ma'am. I don't think unless it's I sir. I don't think you're allowed to say ma'am anymore. Uh, uh, directed this time around. Oh. Tut, you're worse than Hitler. I, I, I just feel like <laughs> something. There's something that's gonna happen tonight. I can feel it building. Yeah, there's a there's a strong energy in the air. Yeah. Up on that I think it's gonna be Rev. He's gonna say something that's just gonna leave Jaws on the floor. Jaws on, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Right. But unlike Derek, I don't tell tales out of school. I'm not going to ratchet out what here. What goes on in counseling sessions stays in counseling <laughs> sessions. It does. And, and I should mention, you are my go-to. You, you are a, a voice of sound reason um, in the night when I when I need it. I always, I, Hello, Doc. Oh, let's get in the movie before I have to hear more about your therapy. Oh, did I say all that out loud? <laughs> okay. Uh, a lot of interesting things being unveiled. No, Doc, I still, I still tell you a lot of stuff, too. Uh-huh. Um, I guess we found out the real pecking order right here. <laughs> directed this time around by uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Roth, uh, working off a screenplay by Dan Gunselman. It's an unfortunate name. And Steve Marshall. Uh, this film was released three years after the original debuted in theaters. Uh, that was 84. Boys ready to start? Anything, uh, real quick, before I, I'm going to get into this movie hardcore, uh, anything on the cigar you want to mention? I like it. Uh, I am still. getting some of the the, the real uh, milky the milk chocolate that uh, the the Rev had mentioned, um, and it's still just kind of creamy. Right. Uh, just getting that creamy. Yeah, it's a nice burn. Mm-hmm. It's got construction in it. Yeah, nice man, I get, yep. you got an almond note. Mm-hmm. Uh, the construction, yeah. When I the the cold draw was just like the perfect amount of air coming through. Um, considering Rev, these just came off the plane with you, um, not. They were on just, the wing, so a lot of the, air was going yeah. through. Just, just, oh, just the just right amount of gas yeah. between the fingers. Uh, you know, a, you know, really firm, but not too firm. Yeah. Um, kind of like some of the beach babes in tonight's movie. Huh? Uh, it's PG-13. I'm so sorry. That's as risque as I'm going to get tonight. But okay. Uh, you're welcome, Todd. Is your mom watching? No. Oh, no. Okay. no. My know, wife is, though. Does she know you do the podcast? Well, she found out last year. Yeah, my mom still doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want me to we just started talking two weeks ago, but it was pretty good. I uh, I told her it was the guy that looks like me, Dan Gunselman, <laughs> uh, who also wrote tonight's movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little milk chocolate, a uh, little cream. Um, I'm getting a little faint earth, and uh, it's construction-wise really, really well. It's a slow-burning smoke. Mm. Not a whole lot of smoke, though. Not a lot of smoke yeah. production, though. but it's, it's 38 ring gauge. How yeah. much? Uh, yeah. uh, okay. Um, it's not to get too far ahead, but uh, several of the actors that returned for Nerds 2 um, had uh, <clears throat> a little bit of contention with Joe Roth. He apparently 
He's a big uh, Hollywood big shot now. This he was brought. He uh, became like the head of production at Fox right after this, and and they felt like he was given this movie to just get the set experience, as opposed to the Jeff <coughs> Canu or Canu that directed the first one. Yeah. Uh, they said Roth was really like, you know, his whole thing was let's get it done on time and, and under budget and didn't. Really Which I'm surprised at Tut and Derek's enthusiasm for this film because I saw that in the in the motion picture I and mean, this thing was made. I, I didn't get any kind of sense of... Uh, this is a staple of late 80s sequels, which we've seen a ton of in horror movies. It doesn't necessarily mean a movie's going to be good or bad. I'm not saying the movie's bad. I'm just saying there, there was clearly uh, some passion behind the original. You had a hit movie. We have this property that the studio and owns. Let's crank out a sequel and see if we can strike it again. This was just color-by-numbers sequel. Boom. Any charm, anything that works on this is just because of the actors on screen. Exactly. But I mean, that, that alone can save a movie. It's, it can. It can. But it's a lazy screenplay, um, lazy direction. Um, so luckily you've, you've got some, some, some nerds to you know hopefully put on a good show. Speaking of nerds. Uh, we start things off. Are you talking about us or the movie? I don't know. No, I would never call you guys that. Well, I know he's talking about me. I don't know if he's talking about you or not. Uh, we'll get to who's a nerd and who's not later. I'm going to do like the thing and tie you guys up to your chairs. and <laughs> give, give you the blood test? Give, give, you, give you trivia and see who, see who wigs out. Uh, we start things off with a shot of deep space where a giant pocket protector slowly soars past us across the stream and a uh, Star Wars style text scrolls and narration begins. Was this narrator the the guy from Running Man? I think it was. It sounded like the guy from uh, from the Stoned Age. It's, mm. I could have swore it's the guy in the booth at the Running Man. But I looked on IMDb. He's not, they don't list that as anything. Her confidant. Her lover. That, I'm telling you, that's this dude. So here's what it says across the screen, Star Wars style. In 1984, the nerd revolution began on the campus of Adams College. Despite prejudice, persecution, and painful pummeling, the members of Lambda 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 fraternity overcame the powerful Alpha Betas and gained control of the Greek Council. It was a victory that underdogs throughout the world would always remember. It was a defeat the Alpha Betas would never forget. Now the Trilams face their next challenge. As representatives of Adams, they prepare to join delegates from across the nation at the United Fraternity Conference in legendary Fort Lauderdale. It is a time for fraternity leaders to discuss the philosophy of brotherhood, to set guidelines for their organizations, and to get laid. First of all, that's a great opening voiceover, am I right? Um, second, I see why Rev picked this film. A uh, big part of the Masons establishing a philosophy of brotherhood. There's very, I, I think, rules, you know, very guidelines, Absolutely. structured. Uh, this is, this is nerds order. and Masons. Nerds and Masons. Uh, is Fort Lauderdale still a thing? I don't know how People legendary still go there? it ever was. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was back in I our know, day. I think it's still. Wait, wait, wait. You guys reviewed what was the one that was at Fort Lauderdale that I. Netflix to make sure I watched it and saw the did we do hard something? bodies? Was that Fort Lauderdale? Uh, we didn't do hard bodies. We did. Uh, must be thinking bikini you're... summer, bikini car wash, um, uh, bikini ski school, AFI bikini lifeguards, bikini bikini tax accountants, uh, <laughs> bikini fast food. Right in between uh, all the Kingsmen and Schindler's List, bikini uh, tax accountants um, too. Uh, yeah, we've done a lot of. Bi- I'm pretty bi- sure Fort Lauderdale's still a thing. 
Yeah, it's, I'm it, pretty sure it's still a big spring break. It's uh, still city. Thing. Okay. Okay. Um, have you ever been to Fort Lauderdale? Anybody? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Do you like it? Well, of course, my parents didn't take me for spring break, so we went like in August when it was like so damn hot and there was nobody there. Yeah. Good thing your parents aren't watching right now after that little slam you just gave. Paradise. <laughs> Ooh, take time to paradise. Uh, Rob. Uh, no, my parents were like when like uh, Padres, big huge beach city in Texas. You know, everybody goes down to Padre Island. Well, that's South Padre. For spring break, my parents are like, we're going to Padre. And I'm like, oh, yeah, MTV is doing a show at Padre, and it's going to be on. No, we went camping at North Padre, so it was nothing but sand dune and crabs, and not the good kind of crabs. It was just (laughs) bleh. Man, Fritz, do you see what happens when you're not here? Dude, this is so negative. This is just turning into it. Everyone's just getting rid of all their past bitterness. Let me tell you about the time I... Parents took me to vacation. Oh, great. Now I'm crabs. in therapy. <laughs> you were talking about your crabs you got with your parents in vacation. I'll tell you about that time in summer camp. Cade climbed into my sleeping bag after lights out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Can we get Fritz? Is there, can you rewire some things, Todd? Take me to paradise. Scotty from Star Trek. Make it happen, man. <laughs> I'm uh, giving it all to Scott Cade. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're about to start singing The Weight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Rev, the voiceover mentioned painful pummelings. Are there any painful pummelings involved in the Mason initiation I, rituals? I really can't talk about that. but You can blink twice. Or just say Cade. Cade. Louisiana is the Pelican State. Louisiana is the Pelican State. There are painful pummelings. Cade, can I see you downstairs, please? <laughs> no, it's live. We can't take breaks. No, there's, there's no Did you guys pummeling. put on your diapers? <laughs> There's no pummeling. It's just. By the way, feel free to use the facilities when you need to. Rev actually almost talked us into joining the Masons, and I'm still, I'm still considering. I think it's a great group. Um, Good people. Good guys. Well, you you certainly represent them well. Um, You think they take Derek? Absolutely. Thanks. Appreciate that. I'd vouch for him. I'd vouch for you. You vouched for me before. Sure. Does that how is that how it works? You gotta you you get nominated or so if you if you notice on the band, I forgot to ask this one too, but there's this little code right underneath the uh, the square and compass there and says to to be one, ask one. And the only way you can become a Freemason is to ask to be one. They don't recruit. So so if you wanna, you know, some of the guys are coming here to the pub, you know, if you wanted to join, you would go ahead and ask and then they would Send in, you it's know, a social organization. Code. They want to you to prove you're social. It's that sure. simple. Yep. It's that simple. Being at the pub is. I never knew. I've been standing <laughs> outside of that building for like 15 years now. Just got asked. And everybody like. I mean, looks they're going to interview and you, just, and then somebody will vouch for you, and you know, it's, it's okay. that you're a man of good character. So. I've never actually, asked because I'm afraid yeah. of pummelings. Well, there, there's no pummeling. No pummeling. Yeah. Just, yeah no, of course not. Uh, I'm not sure I want to belong to an organization that doesn't have pummelings. That would be the Stonecutters. <laughs> but yes. you need a recommendation from the Aid Council. Ah. Got to you, too. Oh. Um, no, there's actually a Mason uh, Lodge across the street from O'Brien's uh, Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas. And those fellows uh, come in here, and they, they seem like great guys. Um, you know, sit outside, have a few cigars. Um, I kind of look at them talking like as friends and listening. You know, We're out in the deck out front and listen to some of their conversation. I'm like, God... That's what normal friends talk about. <laughs> they have friendship that goes beyond substances. Man. 
<laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's Apparently Derek lives in some kind of crazy <laughs> fantasy place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need alcohol to deal with these guys. Don't ruin that. Sorry. Uh, we then, uh, after the scroll ends, we cut to an opening montage where our favorite gang of nerds are packing up their epic advent, packing up for their epic adventure to legendary Fort Lauderdale. Let's get it going. Uh, do you think Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce like let them film there? But like you gotta call us legendary in there. Who the hell calls Fort Lauderdale legendary? Oh, I think it was like a legendary spring break. Place. Is that where the movie it was spring like break a huge, took place? It was a big deal. That Daytona. I don't remember Daytona? that, but there was a an Onion article a few years ago where they did Joe Biden, and it was talking about when he was a 43 year old senator, and it was the crazy summer of '87. You remember that one? He was talking about how he just went down Daily. there and drank and. Score chicks all the time. That was Fort Lauderdale. Okay, all right. Mm, not the Hillsborough Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> not the Hillsborough. No, 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 no. Derek. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we see head nerd Lewis uh, returning from the first film. Uh, he's all ready to go. He's putting his pocket protector and he's looks in the camera and does a signature laugh. Uh, Tut, you want to give it to us? <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love that. I love this dude, man. I'm Point sorry. Dexter is back. Oh, uh, Timothy God. Busfield. We see him packing his three dozen prescription medicine bottles and a roll of toilet paper. Uh, Lamar Luttrell has returned. He makes sure not to forget his Hot Bods 1987 calendar, which, by the way, I was Mr. October in. Uh, <laughs> no, that was, was that John? Was that John Oates? I mean, on whoever the cover? was. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was John Oates on the cover. Was it John Oates? I think so. No, it wasn't. No, I didn't look at it that carefully. Oh, yeah, like I'm the only one who looked at Hot Bods magazine in the scene. I'm a professional. I saw the guy had I look a, at a the hard scenes. hat and a little carpenter belt, and that's a, I didn't really look at his face. I'm a professional. That sounded worse. I look over every <laughs> I wasn't I was looking, looking at his face. At his face <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with it. Wasn't making any eye contact. Take me back to paradise. <laughs> Uh, one of our new nerd recruits, the the Adams College freshman Wormser, packs a wallet full of fake IDs and not just driver's license, like fake like CIA, like he's he's doing it all. Uh, and then old Booger, we see Booger uh, Curtis Armstrong pack an old pair of dirty jeans in a bag and a thousand rubbers. Some open. <laughs> some in a package, some not. Some, some package, he was ready to go. Uh, he, he just he just wants to make sure he's covered, literally. Um, Practicing safe sex. Which is good. Tuesday Night Cigar Club is pro-safe sex. We are. Um, and we are pro-being prepared, and that's what Booger was doing. He was preparing for his epic adventure in legendary Fort Lauderdale. Yes, he was. When he realized uh, he didn't have enough room for all of the stuff that he needed, he took some clothes out and It's just a big bag full of rubbers. He took jeans out and, uh, yeah. Uh, and then we find poor old Gilbert. Remember him, Anthony Edwards, uh, in a leg cast. He hurt himself playing chess. Nerd joke. What does uh, Lewis say? Man, it was a tricky move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be so hard on yourself, Gilbert. That was a tricky move. Uh, so he won't be joining his brothers in legendary Fort Lauderdale. Question about that. Do you think Anthony Edwards' lack of uh, participation in this film to the level it was in the first was due to the Top Gun Pre-post. Well, here's the thing. In those, Absolutely. Th- in those three years since the first one, he did the sure thing with John Cusack, who our friend Jonathan Roberts wrote, I believe. Yes, correct. Uh, then he did um, Gotcha. Right. By the same director as the original Revenge of the Nerds. And then he had the breakthrough of Top Gun. 
He did not want to do this movie. He didn't want to appear in this movie at all. They finally talked him into doing this half-assed cameo. Yeah, in this it was thing. very evident. And he calls it his swimming pool movie because the money he made from his little nothing scenes, he bought a swimming pool with. Well, damn it, Goose, stop being a dick and just show up and do the damn film. But, I mean, talk about a misstep. Go all in on this film. You might as well have because guess what? Be you really didn't do shit till ER in '94. Well, he didn't know later. that at the time though. He's just coming off Top Gun. It's big. a huge he movie. Big. Tom Cruise it, turned no, him into a. I'm sorry, star. Goose is my favorite character. No one's gonna value you well, more than Jester. yourself. You got you got to be. I'm better than this. I get it. Yeah. But then I just think it's ironic between that and. ER. I mean, the guy didn't yeah. jack. Yeah, you're right. It was a bad career move, but at the time, I can see his thinking. No, no, I, I totally can. But then, yeah, I'm like, but I mean, I'm if you're going, like, I'm sorry. So if you're going, what, what did he pass on this for? And I'm looking, and it's like, I'm pet, sorry, Pet Cemetery Two with Eddie Furlong. From if you're going to show up, two, I'm like, if you're going to show up, if you're going to take the money, be a professional. Well, he did. I mean, he did his scenes. So, how much of this is self-serving or not? I don't know. But Armstrong. Uh, um, he claims that he turned it down twice. Wow. You and read his book. I did read Curtis Armstrong's book. Um, huge chapter on the original film. He, he does another chapter on, on the sequels. Uh, said he didn't want to do it. Um, anyway, he said he didn't like the script. A lot of the guys said that. Uh, each time he turned it down, they, they offered him more money. And then the story that he told was he got... Uh, Hoodwinked by some. The, the way he writes it is, you see it as like a Simpsons character, a typical studio hotshot executive. He said the guy brought him in and he was like, "So Curtis, what's the problem? You don't want to do this movie? Well, is not is you know not enough money?" And he said, "I was caught off guard. I didn't have my agent with me." He's like, "No, no, the money's fine." And he was like, "So that was the first stupid thing I did." And he was like, "So what's the problem?" And he was like, "Well, it's just you know I, I don't really like the script." And he said the guy went, "Oh, was that it?" <laughs> this? We're not going to shoot the script right here. No, don't, oh, come on, don't worry about it. So we're bringing in a writer to fix this. Dan Gunselman. <laughs> no, no. He totally lies to him. He's all, oh, who are you bringing in? I know Larry Gelbart from MASH. Like one of the huge all-time oh, wow. TV sitcom wow. comedy writers. Yeah. Like he just, that's who tells him. He's all, Larry Gelbart's going to come and fix this. Oh, we're not shooting this. Come on, man. He's like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Of course, I never even talked to Larry Gelbart, yeah. so he fell for it and... Did the movie, but I think they, he got some decent scratch out of it. They just had Gunselman do another pass on it. <laughs> uh, and Armstrong, kind of in the same boat uh, Anthony Edwards was in, he had just gotten the role on Moonlighting, so he was going to get a steady network TV check, so he really didn't... He was thinking he was going on to bigger and better things. And, yeah, uh, which Moonlighting was certainly better than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but uh, he, apparently that's the story that he got fed. Derek and I were chatting a little bit about Moonlighting the other night. I think we're both... It's it's my top three TV shows of all time, but Derek seems like a fan too. And then we're talking about the the Curtis Armstrong years because there was so much downtime when Sybil Shepherd was pregnant and kind of disappeared from the show, and they kind of relied on Curtis Armstrong and um, his love interest Ad- Agnes DePesto to kind of at least Beasley to fill those voids, and they had kind of had their own little adventures. And uh, man. Armstrong brings it. I mean, you guys would love this book. Um, so I tell you, what, when I get home tomorrow, I'll step outside and throw it in the general direction of, of this pub. Hit Tut in the head with it. He he has enough uh, anger towards Curtis Armstrong that'll just. I'll just go ahead and I'll get. I'll, I'm I'm a little bit biased. Uh, Curtis Armstrong. I have tried to get on this show. He has turned me down. Uh, I have tried to be pleasant 
And I mean, it you know, does. Now I'm taking a different tack. <laughs> <laughs> Did you well, try to tell I him can't, he'd have a different producer? I can't because apparently the judge says I can no longer talk to Curtis Armstrong. <laughs> I'm fine I don't think you're with that. To say his name, actually. I am. I love artist Armstrong. C. Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> I love too C. Armstrong. Curtis. A. I get the feeling though that I love C. Armstrong. I'm sorry. He's like a. He's like a just a, a nerd demigod and I there's not a lot of things that I'm going to bash him for I wish he would have come on to this show uh, I'm not going to say the reason why he didn't want to come on this show I think we've well, said we can still probably past. get him if we just go with the other tack yeah, we're not going to do that no, we're show not, we're going to do a different show Curtis you're not, <laughs> you're not going on Tuesday with those three guys it's not going to be those three guys <laughs> I, oh man it's going to be it's going to be Conan O'Brien I was going to surprise you with Curtis Armstrong as our special guest tonight but you know what <laughs> Derek get out of here I yeah. I chose Rev and Derek, and you guys oh, have not, you guys have not disappointed. I will I'm say sorry, that how much, I how was. How much money did Curtis Armstrong donate to Cigars for Warriors? Yeah, how much did Curtis Armstrong donate? To Cigars for Warriors? He hasn't. Which donated is a good segue because I think if you wanted Curtis, Curtis Armstrong you're on watching, the show, you'd need to donate some money to Curtis not too Armstrong. Late. I we kind of got that. I, I, I think that Curtis I, would need a donation in his pocket. He too. now <laughs> does a voice on American Dad. They get. We know they get a ton of money oh, for sure. doing voiceovers. He was on the TV show Supernatural, which is still running. I imagine his agent probably says, if anybody asks you to do anything, you know... Hey, if some podcaster sends you an instant message on Twitter... I'm just know. saying, if you said, we'd like to talk to you for 45 minutes over Skype, we're going to give you $3,000. It might have been interesting to see what he would have said. That's just the cynical part of me. Um, but to, to get, to get back to... That's our beer budget for a month. Was, yeah. <laughs> to get back to the, the part about um, who's in the film and, and all that, um, according to Armstrong, uh, they also wanted Julia Montgomery to be Betty Childs. Betty Childs, yeah. And to uh, basically be in the movie even less than Anthony Edwards. They wanted to bring her back so they could show a scene of her uh, having sex with some jock guy at the beginning of the movie so that... Uh, she Lewis said, no, that's not what Betty would do. That's yeah, not what Betty exactly. would do. Wow. She stood her ground. They also probably weren't going to offer a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing was that way they can cut Lewis free to go have to Pursue chicks. the new I'm chair. Gonna, I'm going to get... You know what? Let's address that later. I'm going to get to why she's even mentioned in this film a little, in just a little bit. Because um, one of the things that he packs, one of the things that he packs on the trip is the picture of A-frame Betty Charles. Yeah. Picture well, real of real Betty quick, uh, Joe Roth apparently went to Armstrong and uh, he said you were pals with her on the first movie, because he talks about how they all partied together, and, you know, would he call her and and try to get her to do this one scene where she's basically getting rammed in the shower by an alpha beta, and uh, that's it. And uh, while we all would have liked to have seen that, um, uh, Armstrong claims that he called her but put his own spin on it, and that, you know, she has never regretted not being in Nerds 2. And she was in 3 and 4. Right. Uh, she certainly had no problem coming back for those, so... Apparently the script just had a stench on it like a monkey. You just couldn't. Uh, nobody was, wanted. To, nobody wanted to play ball here. I am so weirded out that I'm like fine with this project. Well, let's get in. Let's figure out uh, real quick, Rev. Yeah. Uh, I'm not halfway. Yep. Uh, like I said, it's a slow burn smoke, but I, I am maybe getting in the beginning, the middle third. Boost in strength. 
Uh, the retro hail started to get a little bit, yeah. little, little bit. I didn't get any spice early on in the retro hail. Now it's kind of presenting itself. Spice. Uh, Glad you pointed that out because I got the same on a retro hail. Uh, yeah, just suddenly it just kind of went up a notch. Uh, I like that. Not as much cream. Not as much. I mean, still it's there, but it's not as much. Yeah, uh, much more. Uh, just, yeah. just kind of earth, earthiness. I think it's that omatepe. Yeah. Uh, but the the strength on the the spice on the nose, I wasn't expecting that. It's nice. That's it's a nice good communion bread too. I mean, that's really yeah. That's yeah. That's Is it wrong in church if when you get the wafer to squirt sriracha on it? <laughs> Just kind of spice the it up. It depends on the church. Some I've been to, it's okay, but. Um, you know, you really want to ask the, you know, the minister, or the priest, if he's time. Let, yeah, yeah, sure he's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. He pushes out like a little cart, like from a subway thing, where you've got different things you can put <laughs> on. Right, right. I'd like some spinach, maybe some black olives. Absolutely. Just squirting all sorts of sauces all over the place. Uh, Tut, uh, Yak boy, you liking the cigar? I am. Are you gonna look? Pick, oh, you're not quite where we are with the. No. About, I'm telling you, man, about a half an inch from now, you're gonna get some really nice spice on the nose. I'm looking forward to that. I'm that I'm going to agree with the Rev here. It's that that flavor for what you know you just want to call the you know, communion wafer. Yeah. So we're sticking with the communion wafer, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, can, I, say, I couldn't say that it's just like it tastes like crackers over here. I'm really going to know anything about. <laughs> uh, you liking it, uh, Doc? Very much so. Yes. You're actually a little bit ahead of me, uh, Derek. Did you get a kick up in? Spice. Uh, I haven't. Um, I haven't picked up on more spice. What I've noticed is it's transitioned more from that almond flavor I was getting earlier to it, just that more kind of consistent Nicaraguan spice. Yeah. The Ometepe. I wouldn't go. I, the I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. The Jalapa. I would say maybe the Jalapa. I knew it. Dut, what about you? You liking it? No. 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 Not no. For you. I'm, it's not. Why it's not? it's a it's a good presentation. It's a good draw. It's a well constructed cigar. I'm just trying to. I'm searching for the flavors. Y'all are sitting there saying all these cool things, and I'm like, I'm not getting any of them. I am getting a little bit of wafer, but I'm sorry. When I li- listen to wafers from church, they weren't that flavorful. I just I I'm, hmm. I'm missing it, and I don't know if it. I mean, it could be something with my palate. It could be something that the beer is just totally outshined I think on the beer me. Is actually working okay with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because um, the beer's not that. Flavorful, kind of. Uh, no, I mean it's a standard run-of-the-mill IPA. Kind of a basic IPA. A yeah. little, little bit floral, a little citrus, but nothing crazy. I find this IPA, and maybe it's just you know, I drink a lot of big IPAs, and I find this IPA to be dialed back. But what I'm when I'm hearing you guys talk, it's not maybe not that it's dialed back. It's that it's maybe I need to be trying more IPAs that aren't known for double IPAs? punching you in the face. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big double IPA guy, too. You're definitely not drinking enough, Derek. Yeah. Well, you need to up the alcoholism over there. Listen to your doctor. No, you're doing fine. You're doing he fine. is my doctor. Uh, he will be after the show, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Another patient secured. No, uh, Medicare number. Uh, <laughs> Derek, I'm a big double IPA guy, too. I, I love to get kicked in the teeth with hops and do all that. Do you like to smoke big IPA? I mean, do you like to drink big IPAs with cigars, though? Because yeah. I don't. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. If I'm reviewing a cigar, no. Okay. That that's not fair to the cigar. Right. But um, if I'm have a window to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy the beer I want and the cigar I want. I don't give a damn. Uh, but sometimes it is fun to get one of those double a hero bastards and throw it off on a thick IPA and just let them fight it out. Yeah. Because when that strength pumps up on the the strength pumps up on that double a hero, and then once you get that nice little, especially if you're going around close to that double digit ABV, 
it gets a little fun. I think of it like I don't know why, but it comes to mind like boxers, right? Like you have a, a fighter who's trained a you know the guy that uh, what's the El Chocolito from Nicaragua, very well trained, a lot of finesse, technique versus power. technique, and then you put him in the ring with a Mike Tyson or somebody, which is that double IPA, and it's like what what do we you know <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, you have to be yeah. very careful with your cigar pairings because there's a lot of times to where. You know, the cigars will offer you so many flavors and so many transitions. And what you really want to do is you want to pair it with something that's going to either augment or pull flavors out. You don't want anything, you don't either want your cigar or your drink to just absolutely dominate. You want them to kind of either complement or get out of the way. That is the correct answer. What I said earlier was ironic because we do a pairing podcast. The worst answer I could. If I get a few hours, I'm going to drink what I want to drink. I'm going to smoke what I want to smoke. I don't give a damn how they pair together. Yes. Uh, we call that the Fourth of July party. <laughs> what you said, Tut, uh, you. you said quite eloquently. Um, but yeah, no, I actually think they're playing really nice together. Uh, and I should mention construction. Uh, it's a little stack of dimes there. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, spot on. Okay, welcome back to it. We're about halfway through. Um, as the nerds arrive at the airport uh, via a courtesy ride from Lewis's dad, the always game Jimmy Cromwell. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Nice turn. Oh, he was going to turn this down. He's in all the sequels, man. He, he, yeah. I think he has fun in these movies. Yeah. Uh, they're immediately spotted when they get out of the airport by Ogre. Nerds. Nerds. Once again, played by the awesome Donald Gibb. He's still alive. Thank God. Yeah, he's still around. Actually, an amazing thing. He was doing a bunch of those uh, credit card commercials where they where they had Vikings. The Vikings, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The Vikings, man. I forgot about that. Oh, I tried to actually get him also as a special guest tonight, but oh, you should have sicked me on it, man. I wanted Derek. Got Derek. I appreciate that. You needed somebody to insult. Once, yeah, I'm not insulting <laughs> ogre. Uh, Podcasters. Podcasters. He's like, like that normal life? I doubt it. Uh, he's an actor. Once inside the uh, airport terminal, they're ushered straight to their plane as they are indeed VIPs. As Booger explains, very immense penises. Can I say something here? Yes, you can. Please. Uh, the whole PG-13 versus rated R. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, I said my daughter was in the room for this How movie. How old is your daughter? She's 11. Well, she'll be 12 this summer. Okay. And she turned to me and she said, I didn't know nerds could be perverts. And I looked at her oh. and I said, I didn't know you knew what a pervert was. Oh. Uh, for those of you who have daughters. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody yeah. else has daughters I have cats. Yeah, yeah. Cats. Uh, it's kind of rewarding to know that you're not yet a teenager child knows what to already be looking for. So not to take it down, not to not to do the Debbie Downer, but uh, Booger is the ultimate. Booger pervert. is he's the ultimate pervert, and he makes this movie. Oh, without Booger, can you imagine? This oh thing? no, what a snooze no. fest! Not wearing a shirt for nothing. Yeah, uh, for you folks that watch at home, uh, Yak Boy does have his high on stress shirt, <laughs> which is awesome. Which is, of course, is, is awesome. from the original Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> which uh, is awesome. You couldn't find a who farted shirt for tonight. Well, I was really looking for the greasy Tonys. Yeah, we. we, we uh, <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, that is good when your daughter yeah. recognizes the red flags. Yeah. Uh, well, they are Booger's indeed very immense penises. You guys should make a cigar like called that at Black. No, Island. we should. The VIP, the, the TNCC VIP. VIP. You know, we can talk when the cameras are off. 
Okay. I think when James was on the show, we pitched that he should make us a cigar called the Viso Horny. You did. And that, that, <laughs> that went about as far as the VIP would go. That, that, that went nowhere. Yeah. Trademark TNCC. If it comes after that, we're Gene Simmons in your ass. Nobody, no, we got Viso Horny. A Viso is a part of the tobacco plant. Very good, Kate. Uh, you are the 11th. Can you say it? I like hearing you Keep say it. Keep an eye it. out for the shirt, uh, Viso no, Derek, Horny. Derek, I'd appreciate it if you would say it, actually. No, I, I can't. I can't bring myself to do your VIP. Uh, Matt Cade is the. I, I'm going to mess it up. It's is the eleventh greatest acknowledged podcasting. To I was on a list of the eleventh greatest cigar palettes in the known universe. I think I was oh, number seven. Or, I think I was number seven or eight, actually. Is it known universe now? Oh, uh, something like that's that. That's my cue. <laughs> uh, get this man another beer. I uh, hear this so many times. <laughs> you pass this down to. Uh, Cody, please. And voila, just like yes, that. A little slice of heaven. Oh, just like that, the very immense penises are in Florida. The boys cruise along the beach in an airport limo, ogling at hot beach babes. I kept waiting for something to go wrong. I mean, they're well, like. Well, I thought that guy that came to the airport, like, are you the Trilams? Come with me. I thought he was a sent by the alphas to, like, they were going to step off the plane and they're, like, in Cambodia or something. Yeah. No, everything so far is going their this way. This first class VIP treatment. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. Um, they're cruising the limo, looking at beach babes as Dr. 38 specials Back to Paradise plays. Take me back to paradise. <laughs> I knew Doctor would be excited about this one. Did you guys know 38 special? I did not. I did not know. Classic. That was 38 special. Hold on, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for my whole life, I thought that song was Hold on, Lucy. Hmm. I just know in true 80s fashion, we had a glorious rock song that tied into the movie, and it was just like yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a really girls good. in their 80s bikinis. Yeah, those straps that like go up to like, go their up armpits. past their hips. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, the, the, yeah, that song just rocks our socks off. The film's actual score would uh, be composed by Mark Mothersbaugh and his band Devo. Hmm. Yeah. You guys Devo fans? I can't fan? get no. You guys Devo fans? Is that a special? Whip it. Whip it. I can, Whip it. Yeah, I can yeah. see you being a I can't fan. get no. One of the worst out. covers yeah. of all But there was time. no Gleaming Spires. Right. There's no Gleaming Spires. Hmm. They do a, they, they do some uh, kind of weird cover songs, like in that opening scene in the dorms of yeah. um, like some 50s tunes. Like, yeah. I always wanted to like Devo, but I just could never really get into them. I appreciate them for what they were. I mean, they were definitely they were alternative. Different. They were alternative, and they were different they for were their different. time. So I, I appreciate it. They uh, were, they were intelligent. Really went big but I'm not. I wasn't oh, yeah. like. I'm sorry. They're, they did a uh, remake of. Uh, uh, I can't say a remake. They did the Stone Satisfaction. They yeah. put their Ooh. own spin to it, and it was not good. No, it, was it was. It was horrible. Uh, no, the doctor's correct. Mark Mothersbaugh, the front man for Devo, is one of the top. Film composers it's on a bunch out of, there. Like Wes Anderson. Does all the Wes Anderson movies? Like he's a really well respected. Kind of like the Oingo Boingo guy who you know kind of had Elfman. Danny Elfman who had you know an 80s band that was kind of did weird stuff and then yeah. Just, uh, That's why I always crack up when people you know criticize musicians or artists or you know even cigar rollers. It's just like oh this sucks. This mm-hmm. it's horrible. If you don't like it, it sucks. It's not worth. It. It's trash. No, it's not. You just don't dig it. So mm-hmm. shut up. Let somebody else dig it because chances are they will. It's you know I don't like Devo. Somebody does. 
Uh, well, tonight's cigar, Todd. It's not. It's not singing to you. Um, no. But you know, all it takes is one guy to like it. No. And that's why I'm always always hesitant because I was like, oh my god, I don't know what to say. But then you asked me, and I'm like, well, I gotta tell I you. I told Rev he wanted to bring the cigar. I was like, we're gonna be honest. We're gonna treat it like any other cigar. This um, trash, Rev. Hey, you know. No. It's doing good work. So that, means, you know. that means I'm a hypocrite, and I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like acknowledging what I already know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I am enjoying the, the – especially since the, the spice and the nose kicked yeah. up in that second half. I really yeah. needed that. Um, it kind of woke the cigar up. I'm not, yeah. So far, the middle section is the better the highlight yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Upon arriving at the Hotel Flamingo – Booger drools all over Bikini Babe's uh, tatas as she walks by. Would you look at those coconuts? And we hear Lewis say, "Yeah, they are quite impressive." But of course, he's looking up at a <laughs> fake tree in the lobby that has actual coconuts up in it. Um, nerds. <laughs> nerds. Oh yeah, nerds. those are quite impressive. Uh, Lewis doesn't see see why they all need to check in, so he sets his crew loose on the pool. They, of course, have no objections to that. They uh, can't get out of there fast enough. And Lewis has no objections to the front desk clerk, Sonny, played by the young and quite lovely Courtney Thorne-Smith. Hello, yes. Courtney. Yes. Later on of Melrose Place fame. Point of order. Uh, point of order? Uh-huh. Well, point of order. She's not as big as Anthony Edwards, but, you know, smaller story, but I'm sure you're following it, but... I'm wondering with Courtney Smith, the if the Anthony Edwards effect was in effect. She had already. I don't know. I think uh, summer school was also '87, uh, and I'm wondering <laughs> that's how, right. this, how this plays. Yeah, you know, Derek sent me a message earlier. He was like, "I did a lot of homework. I'm going to really bring my bring my stuff to this." That's and, a lie. And now he's who's nice. the rat now? Now he's <laughs> shining me. He's coming up with all sorts of weird tricks. Was Courtney Smith so. going? Was she going places? '87 was a year for her. Oh, come yeah, on. Summer After School, school and this are, are her really two big screen credits. Summer School, Revenge of the Nerds, and Melrose Place. Anything else, Doctor? No, and there's there's kind of a gap in between those movies and Melrose Place. Cause that yeah, kind of like Edwards. 90s. ER and Melrose Place were probably right around the same time. Yeah. wonder if they were hanging out during that mm. seven-year ache. But did she ever? Anthony Edwards is still kind of a known thing. I don't know that Courtney Thorne. Uh, she apparently is. has a series. I don't know if it's like on the Hallmark Channel or. Why? <laughs> but she's like a detective. It's like an ongoing like. She would have uh, made a shitload of money from Melrose Place. That was on for a long time. She was yeah. on there from the beginning. Um, so yeah, she probably made a lot of money. She's cute. Um, I like her. You like her in this type? Yes. You, she's cute. She is. She's quite cute in this. Last watching. Um, yes, I saw that. <laughs> I am parsing my words wisely when it comes to the... I don't know. She was one of many in summer school, so I think this was probably probably happy to get the role for the year. Well, inexplicably, all the Trilam's rooms have been canceled. And when Sonny asked the hotel manager, Mr. Buzz Mussinger... Dude, the detective from Raw Deal. Yeah, Ed Lauder. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah. Lauder's been in a whole bunch. Oh, he has, but to me, he's always the Arnold movie, Rod Dio. He's the he's the kind of cop who kind of helps him out along the way. Uh, why he tells her quite simply, you know, she's like, you know, Mr. Musinger, uh, Musinger, Musinger. Uh, all the nerds, all I shouldn't say nerds. All the Trilliams roots have been canceled. And he matter of factly says, well, yes, I don't want nerds staying at my hotel. The bitter face of prejudice rears its ugly Ed face Lauder, already. Death wish. I knew I, I knew I'd 
not just Arnold. Oh, yeah, Death no, Wish. Yeah, he's one of yeah. that that works with Cursey. Uh, Death Wish uh, three. three. Yeah, he yeah, works with he's, Cursey. Uh, he's he's the, been in everything. I mean, the guy's. He's in the Longest Yard. It was in the Longest. Yeah, or the original yeah. Reynolds one. But this is our first sign of the the harsh prejudice of being a nerd and, and what they have to live with day to day. He's an alpha beta. And we'll learn he was an alpha beta. Yep. That's you, alpha beta. Yeah. Can you give us an example of when you felt ostracized for being um, a nerd? Let's see. From seventh grade until I first hit the stage. Wow. That's a big stretch. Yeah. Over a decade. I started playing professionally when I was about 19. That's over a decade. Yeah. yeah Yikes. Yeah, it's amazing what a spotlight and a mic will do to a guy. Yeah. All of a sudden you get a keyboard in front of you and some smoky uh, yeah, lighting. Yeah, suddenly there. I'm not a nerd, but I am a nerd. Fuck you. Joke's on you. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Somebody. There might That's be good. some light. Yeah. There's some the internet. I really want you to talk, have some time with you. We'll have some conversations after. Uh, There's some deep, deep Brad, stuff. Were you, I, can't, I can't decide because we, we never really got into your childhood too much. Yes. Were you considered a nerd totally. in the early days? Totally. You, yeah. Yeah? Totally. I could see you going either way. Nope. Totally nerd. Nerd? Yep. D&D? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I still have my cape. That's Tut's. That's Tut's. So, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. If you haven't been out in the woods with a you know wood sword and you know one of the dice, I mean you, you haven't lived, right? <sighs> Am I wrong? Are you going to be in town long enough to go to Tut's D and D? You're just describing so Tut's childhood over there. <laughs> what do you mean my childhood? That was Monday night. He's <laughs> still doing that stupid stuff. Is that why this is called Tuesday nights in <laughs> Yes, we can't do this on Tuesdays because of his D and D stuff. Uh, yeah, Rev, if you're in town long enough, go with Absolutely, him. yeah. Uh, and tell me what it's really like at these things. I think he's I, sugarcoating it a little bit. There'll probably be some kind of handshake or code. No, it's exactly what, what you think What goes on at D&D stays at d and I'm you just know? picturing a shitload of Mountain Dew and Doritos. <laughs> it is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> okay. Well, our gang can't find a hotel room anywhere in the city. Uh, TNCC style, Booger says, hey, we're only here for five days. Do we really need a hotel? I love that line. That's totally what we would do. That's legitimate answer. That's a, that's a dude. I, uh, and then cocky frat boy Roger Lattimore, uh. Raj, played by Bradley Whitford of Billy Madison fame, and most recently he was the creepy doctor in Get Out. Uh, had a huge role in uh, West Wing, right? Yes. I never watched that liberal crap. Uh, he is one of those. He is such a great smarmy guy. Uh, oh yes, he really is just. I think that he just he chews up the screen in a very bad way. I mean, he gets my hackles raised just when he oh, walks well, on, and I love those that. Actors, and he's one of them. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. can play the consummate asshole. He's yeah, great. He's, at you it. Just, he's a great and you asshole. love him for it because you see him on the screen, you're like, is he going to be an asshole? Yes, yeah. he is. Right. <laughs> I know where this guy stands. I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, he's a great. He is a really good asshole. Um, and he plays Raj. He approaches Lewis. Uh, Raj is the chairman of the United Fraternity Council, and he's also an Alpha Beta. Uh-oh. Those damned Alpha Beta. Uh, just like old Buzz Mussinger, the hotel manager, acting hotel manager. He offers to call the nerds a cab since apparently Buzz doesn't want you staying here and nobody else does. How about I call you guys a cab? It's very passive-aggressive about it. It's still kind of trying to be their friend. Um, but just then, Poindexter, using his computer, tracks down a room at the Hotel Coral Essex and saves the day. I love Poindexter. 
but we and that was revolutionary in its day. Wow, he used a computer and found that. In oh two yeah, minutes? yeah, it had all Man, the information on how'd it. How do you do that? Uh, but we soon learned the Hotel Coral Essex isn't quite as it was advertised on Poindexter's computer. There are chickens in the parking lot. It's located above a peep show and adult bookstore. And as they get out of the cab, a corpse is being wheeled out of the hotel on a stretcher. Despite the illegal sex acts, the alligator in the swimming pool, and the chalk outline in their bedroom floor, it'll have to do. It's the only place in town. Doctor, did it kind of remind you that America's best value in we stayed in in South Austin? Uh, I, would, I would have rather stayed in the Hotel Coral Essex. Me too. I love uh, the I love the kind of commentary on the time nowadays when we're looking up a hotel. We're looking up Yelp reviews, Google reviews, Facebook reviews. We've got pictures, we've got stars, yeah. and they're like, nice if they yeah, had those good. ten years it ago. It would be nice if they'd had that about yeah about ten years ago. Kate when, and I stayed in the hotel from vacancy. Uh, America's best value, my ass. <laughs> I think it said that on the calling card. America's best value. It's going to be your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, they got a place to say it. It's, it's it, good to go. It might be the one time in my life the next day I took four showers. Like I just couldn't. Not there, though. No, God, no. God. You opened that bathroom. It was the size of a closet. <laughs> I didn't even... Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about. It. I'm gonna. I'm already uh, without Fritz. I'm already in a weird headspace. I don't need to think. Oh, about, I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> it. I don't need to think about we, that night. We didn't even get under the covers. We like laid like on top of the oh. comforter. Yeah, because nothing sticky happened on that comforter. <laughs> uh, oh, back at the Hotel Flamingo, Raj and his crew of alphas. Hotel Flamingo, the Hotel Coral S. Oh, sorry. no, no, back at uh, Hotel My Flamingo. The, 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 good, the America's Best Value and got me too. That, that's how weird this God. movie is. The Hotel Flamingo's the nice hotel. <laughs> uh, Raj and his crew of alphas are sitting in their room's hot tub all together, conspiring. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Against the Trilams. We trashed their house last year. We canceled their rooms this year. What do we have to do to shake these geeks? Raj asks. One meathead tiny. Why are you asking us? You're the one with the 2.0 GPA. And Raj is like, hey, (laughs) 2.2. But he still has no answers. (laughs) Do that to other dude. Well, we could kill him. Raj thinks about it for like a second. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Meanwhile, I'm a little confused because nobody in this hot tub was in the first movie, so they're talking about all the stuff that they did with well, them. Well, I think I was they were maybe like, freshmen. I think it was implied maybe they were like the... Oh, under, the freshmen, the underclass? The of underclass the, of Stan right. and Ogre and those guys. Yeah, see, I still think it doesn't make sense. They, I don't think they were from Adams College. I think it just it's that all alpha betas kind of know this stuff. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah. Just kind of because later on we see some trilams come yeah, to the yeah, rescue. Yeah, this is right, a right, legendary right. thing that happened yeah. at Adams College. Apparently, fraternities across universities help each other. Well, yeah, like we, gangs. We should have learned that from the first film, which we did right. watch, of course. Well, that's but right. The trilams came to the rescue of the first film. film. Right. That's UL Jefferson. Jefferson. You and Jefferson. I U- love U- that U- scene. Um, Bernie Casey. Justice. Shout out for Bernie Casey. Oh, mm-hmm. Bernie Casey is the one, man. Uh, Tiny, one of the alphabets, Tiny, says, I know what we'll do. What is every guy afraid of? A chick seeing you undressed and seeing how tiny your dick is. So we'll get him naked and that'll get him. And he looks around like, right? Jesus. We're all afraid of that? Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, Tiny. Take a, take a, take a back seat. Um, it's PG-13, man. There's only so much they can do here. Um, 
Well, just like that, as Ogre, he's been pissing this whole time in the bathroom next door. It's like a two-minute piss. He's been just going back. I guess, awesome. I guess Ogre is now in, in some sort of graduate program, right? Because yes. he's clearly... He's working on his master's. <laughs> he, he was a senior in the first he's movie his, several years ago. He's in his doctorate in sports management. I think he's management. a TA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's a TA. Uh, Parks, Parks and Recreation doctorate. Uh, as Ogre finally uh, jiggles it and finishes up, all of a sudden, Raj finally has an idea. I got a master plan to get rid of Lewis and those boys for good. You know what else is good, fellas? What's good? That's right, Tut. Some coffee-infused tobacco cigars from our friends at Drew Estate. Tobacco Special Cigars are made by the almighty Drew Estate, the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nica Rustica, and more. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelope a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Derek, did I say Criollo right? No, you didn't. How do I, how do you say it? Criollo. That's what I said. No, you didn't. Criollo. 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 Not yo-yo. <laughs> Yayo. Yayo? Criollo. Maybe if you hadn't called him a filthy rat later on, he Criollo. Let's just move along. <laughs> Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. Its rich tobacco flavors commingling... Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. With the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. I'm a fan, and you will be too. Seek them out. Rev, you gave me my first tobacco cigar. They're great cigars. Great with a good cup of coffee in the morning. I mean, just you can't go wrong. So You, I believe, gave me the Negra... Uh, these the days, the Conleche, or the yeah, no, just not the, the, uh, the yeah, not the red eye, or whatever it is, yeah, just yeah. just a straight up Negra. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take a minute here. I'm talking about coffee. Sure. Tell us a little bit about Love Buzz. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh my God. Part of my the reason I'm I'm called Rev Java or my name there is because for the church that I'm with, uh, I actually talk about fair trade coffee, and so we work with a cooperative out of. Um, Massachusetts uh, called Equal Exchange, and so we talk about doing uh, fair trade coffee. Most churches, that's one of the biggest things we you know we have after worship is coffee. Sure. So uh, Love Buzz is a blend of um, lo- a lot of Central American beans. Um, I think it's probably one of the smoothest coffees I've ever had. Uh, it's if you actually look at the beans, you can see like a Vienna roast and a French roast, and they blend together, make a full-body coffee. With this is your creation. It's not my creation. Oh, okay. I'm just yeah. I, I I tasted something you know way back in the day, but you know before it was blended. But you gave it the okay. Uh, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I'm sure there was more minds in it than just me. But once again, it's one of my favorite blends. It's I don't think we've ever had modesty on the something podcast I before. Really encourage, and I uh, you know I talk about it all the time. I still actually have some here, but you know once again I carry it with me and drink it all the time. So. Well, you turned me on to it. Uh, my grandmother uh, was big in the United Church of Christ, mm-hmm. sure. and they sold um, yeah. equal exchanges out in the lobby. A lot um, of churches. Kind of trust system. Mm-hmm. You come in, mm-hmm. put money in, grab a bag of coffee, and it's good stuff. Equal Exchange is a great company. You can find it in stores, but you can also find it in churches and nonprofits. And well. you can also uh, order it straight off the Equal Exchange mm-hmm. website, too. Equalexchange.coop, and uh, you can go right on there and buy it, and you can buy it in the... You know, 12 ounce bag, you can buy a five pound bag. It's great. Good coffee. This man knows his coffee, and uh, I agree. Love Buzz. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I first thought that your nickname was there because you love JavaScript, uh, but I, I love Love Buzz. 
Yeah, it's a damn good coffee. But don't you also do a lot of computer stuff for the I juice? do some geeky computer stuff, yeah. So the Rev That's, yeah. why, I'm a nerd. That's Rev, why I'm a nerd. But Rev Java kind of works both ways. It was ways. both end. Both end. Yeah, yeah, in fact, it, it got to me because um, originally I was in a college fraternity, and I was actually named, my nickname was Java there. Then I got ordained, and I became Rev Java. So that's so kind of followed So you were in a fraternity? I was in a college fraternity, oh, we're yeah. We're learning all sorts. Were any, oh, you, all, all any of you guys? No. Yeah. No. Greek Letter Society, yeah, sure, sure. Which, can I ask which fraternity? Uh, you know, um, Louisiana. What's the next one? Say again. Louisiana. Louisiana is the Pelican State. Louisiana is the Pelican okay. State. That's all you got to say. That's your safe. <laughs> that's your safe sentence. Okay. Rev, do you still? I remember your old post. You'd post every morning. Now, life has changed for me. I don't get to get online in the mornings anymore. Do you still do the morning coffee and cigar uh, posts? Um, no, no oh God, actually, no. not as much anymore. I, I I have to say that you know I drink coffee, but not as much cigars in the morning anymore. You know, having yeah. a seven-year-old is sure. You know, keeps you busy. You know, yeah. drinking that alka seltzer and. Uh, yeah, or floor cleaner. Yeah, or floor cleaner, whatever the case may be in your coffee. So yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the beer again. No. Look, it had a little pine salt on the on the first can, but I think everybody can agree about the third or fourth. It's, it just cleans out the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I did not know you were in a fraternity and absolutely sure learn all sorts of stuff tonight. Fraternities are important, so you know. Todd, is the uh, live feed still rolling along? I don't know how, but uh, because of God, uh, Rev's good graces with God, yeah, it is. Okay, all right. Well, don't forget, folks. You got to like the TNCC page and leave a comment to get those Cats Fest tickets. And tomorrow's the big auction for Black Label cigars. Get some Fiends. Get some Neon Tiger. What was the other barber pulling there? Uh, we had the Shurikan and the Neon Tiger. I do like that. I'm sorry, that Shurikan is, is beautiful. It's oh my is God, the, what is the Shurikan? It's, ba- it's the same blend as the Neon Tiger, but with a Maduro uh, mix in. It's going to be... This is totally on the spot, but I mean, Derek, if it's okay, I'll, I'll throw in a bag of coffee as well with yours as well. If people want to raffle off of that, hey. we'll throw in a bag of Love Bus coffee as well. So I got that right here. I'll give there it to we you go. Yourself. You're not only getting the scarves from Black Label, you're getting a... Bag of whole beans. Are they whole beans, twelve ounce. Yep. Whole beans, twelve ounce. Nice. Love buzz. Love coffee. Buzz. Thank you. Yep. yep. No problem. Cigars for warriors. Thanks, you. Right. Good job, boys. Okay. The next night, the Trilams are invited by Raj to a fraternity council pre-conference barbecue, sponsored by Drew Diplomat. No, uh, they have their hands in everything. Uh, they're shuttled out to the swamp, where they immediately see a group of what appears to be Seminole Indians carrying away a screaming captive woman. They dragged out of a bamboo cell. I love this. We have to help her, Lewis says. If not us, who? And if not now, when? Yes. Booger responds with the perfect TNCC answer. Somebody else, some other time? (laughs) (laughs) We ain't chasing those Seminole Indians after some virgin. No way. But Lamar, of all people, leads the charge in, and they race off to rescue the sacrificial virgin. They're soon trapped on a tiny bamboo bridge over a swimming pool filled with gators as the Indian chief, Raj, tells them they must burn their clothes in the sacrificial fire and get the hell out of Seminole... He loses track. Just get the hell out of Florida. That's kind of funny, too. Uh, Gators and Seminoles working together. (laughs) Now we got problems. There's sign something's not right. The nerds are smart enough to sense bullshit, but when they finally escape and trip over Ogre banging some sorority sister on the hard dirt ground, Derek style, they realize that Alpha's... (laughs) Derek, I imagine you uh, in your younger years is quite the, the ladies' man. Am I wrong? I don't know, like, if Tut's wife, if mine is watching, so mm. let's just move along. 
Would you say that Louisiana is indeed the Pelican State? Louisiana is the Pelican State. Good move. Good move. Yeah. But that means he was. For anybody who's like trying to follow the dots. Thank you, Tuttle. Oh, you're welcome. Just for that, you're not. My gonna... God, the level of hostility <laughs> in the room, Sean! I've never seen it before on a podcast. <laughs> My word, no Fritz beer, special guests, and Tuttle's hostility is through the roof. Must be coursing through his veins. Doctor, would you say when the podcast is over that Derek and Tuttle will they ever talk again? Gate, I'm afraid it's far too early to tell right now. I think you're right. No, it's not. I will talk to you all, all the time. That's not just for the cameras. I love you. No, that's we. That's okay. brotherly love right there. That's brotherly. They, right as soon as the cameras are off tonight is that is what tonight. As soon as soon as the cameras are off. <laughs> oh wait, wait no no it's well as soon as they see ogre banging that chick in the dirt road she was the would-be virgin yeah she was. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah, she's full Let, of crap we should remember she was the one that was sacrificed mm-hmm. and i think anyone having to have sex with ogre is indeed it's kind of a sacrifice it's a sacrifice you guessing ogre's not too big into foreplay that didn't appear to be tender lovemaking. <laughs> no, no. He had his sweaty jean shorts still around his ankles. Oh, the same I love those tank top he's been wearing for three days and sitting in humid Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Let's get you down on this hard pan out here. and. Uh, I think he still had some of his shrimp cocktail from the pool in his beard. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. I had all the technical stuff tonight to worry about because much like Cody, I would have shown up in the ogre cutoff shorts. That was going to wow. be my thing. We really oh should have game this better. Oh, God. I I don't know if even Rev could concoct a prayer to counteract that. I'll no, have to look I mean, at the book. I don't know about that. So. Jean shorts. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. No, I mean that's what we're all afraid of, right? Wearing jean shorts with the we're cameras. We're afraid of you wearing them. Yes. Uh-huh. I believe I believe Rev isn't that mentioned in the end of days. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> towards the end of the Bible. But yes, it's, jean shorts. It's one of the also signs. In the New Testament, right? <laughs> Lo, and I saw a six-headed beast. Exactly. Yes. Sir. Upon <laughs> the six-headed beast was Tut wearing and jean then shorts. Tut bent down to tie his shoes. <laughs> there was a great wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> She <laughs> whiz. Uh, well, when they I've been trying to get when they see Ogre uh, having sex there, and well, they trip over him as Tut trips over his chair. Uh, they realize that it is indeed the alphas behind all this. Um, they find themselves then spinning around on a fake rock wall like Scooby Doo, like the bookcase that always swivels around, where they're spun right into a high society country club gathering. That makes sense, because they were taken all the way out to the swamp. All the way to the swamp. What kind of high society country club has spinning walls? The good ones. The highest society country club. The ones I might consider joining. I was just... Definitely antics involved. It was one of those scenes where I'm like, you know what, I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. How can I, you know, when you actually start paying attention, like, I'm going to review this movie. Why do I not remember this? How did this happen? That's why when folks say we're doing a movie that you've seen a million times, they're like, "Well, I don't need to watch it again." I've, uh, you know, I've seen that movie. No, you really don't until you put it under a magnifying glass for the podcast because you, you see shit like that. Like everything else, I mean, I could I could have told you like you know, and this is one of those things where I guess as many times as I've seen this, I just kind of glossed over it. Like, why this, did the country club have a revolving rock wall? Exactly. That on the other side was a makeshift recreation of the Seminole Indian sacrificial altar. Correct. 
So those country club people were into some freaky stuff is basically apparently what's going on. so. All the good country clubs do that. And by the way, Kate, as a country club member myself, it's not like the Masons. Yeah, you don't yeah. just ask and we let you. Run. <laughs> it's a whole different it's thing. Another, eyes wide shut style. Uh, well, the nerds pull up their boxer briefs and walk the five miles back to the hotel. Nobody's picking up those hitchhikers. And you are a bunch of nerds in their underpants, walking along the <laughs> in their underpants. Florida highway. Yeah, no, nobody's picking up. Those well, then again, you know what? After you know when this movie was made, and considering everything that's happened, it is being Florida. Somebody would have picked them up nowadays. Actually, these guys are the norm in Florida nowadays. <laughs> uh, just some random weirdos in their underpants. I lived in Florida for. A year or two, I, I blocked it out, but man, I, I'm not a fan. I'm getting the Hillsborough letters, Kate's getting the Florida letters. Take me back to paradise. Uh, real quick, uh, Derek, you're lighting up your next cigar. I, I'm starting my final third. That strength is still picking up for me. I'm uh, on, on still working on it. Are you getting more and more strength as it goes on? It's been kind of progressive uh, from the middle. From the middle point on, it's kind of just... I think Tut, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tut generally likes things that are more stronger in his cigars than I do. Correct. So, that, I mean, this 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 flavor profile really works for me. No, I can see why Tut's, you know, Tut, Tut, Tut does tend to, these days, gravitate towards the... the, the He's hardcore Lajero, when it comes the to the the stronger stuff. You know, uh, a guy like that, you know. I do like a good pair of jeans. You go strong or you don't go at all. Are you from Ohio? No. I am. <laughs> I am. I am East Texas. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like Ohio. We've got to bring Ohio into this. Uh, what about you? Yeah, you're typically uh, this profile suits your fancy. You uh, you a fan? I am. You do, You were right. Uh, Spice picked up once I get past the halfway mark. So I like that. I won't say that it was like, you know, became overpowering or anything, but it was just a nice to get that little bit extra. Okay. But that was an interesting transition, too, from a light, creamy vanilla. It came out of nowhere for me. The strength came out of nowhere for me, and now in the in the final third, I'm really just getting just that earthiness. I think it's a Nicaraguan tobacco, and then uh, the cream is gone. Just a little bit, still that milk chocolate's hanging around a little bit. But, man, that, that uh, spice on the nose is... Uh, I never did get Derek's almonds. Sorry. Anybody else get the almonds? Almond communion bread? I don't know. I'm just asking. I don't know where you guys are getting this flavored communion bread. I got just a stale wafer. Did you promise to send them like some special gourmet almonds? I didn't. That's what it sounded like. I never did get your almonds. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, All right. Well, now's a good time. Uh, You're starting your new cigar, Tut. You're probably about to light up a new one. I'm done. Uh, Price point. I'm going to start with... Yeah. Oh, wait. So is it guessing or what is yeah, it? Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You know it, though. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, now you stay. Okay, yeah. You're excluded. Okay. Uh, Yak Boy. Oh, throwing this on me. MSRP. What are you going to pay for this going into a shop? Lancero. It has been delicious. I'm going to go nine. Nine bucks. Doctor. Uh, I'd go 10. Lasted a long time and uh, high quality. I'd pay $10 for the Stogie. Okay, you guys both liked it. Uh, Derek, you're in the industry. I will pass on you if you don't want to get involved. Uh, no, no, no. Let him do it. Huh? Let him do it. No, I, uh, no, let him do it. Sounds like he didn't even have a choice there. 
No, I was just giving the option. To I'm just you said do it. Trying. He said don't. I'm gonna let Cody. No, no, no. I'm letting Cody. No, no, I'm saying do, do it. Do I pass? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna go nine twenty-five. Tut. Eleven twenty-five. Ooh. Eleven. I figured it was a specialty cigar. But you went over, well, so Derek yeah. wins. That's I, all right. No, Mincy wins. Doctor wins. What did I win? Another cigar. Yeah, help yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, eleven bucks. I don't smoke enough Lanceros. I don't go into a shops and buy enough Lanceros to know what the market is. I know it is a pricier Vitola um, than for sure than, than most. It's, it's definitely more difficult to make. Yeah, for the reasons you stated earlier. Okay. All. All the Lanceros we've had on the show have been at a higher price point um, than the same blend in a, in a, a different Vitola. Derek, what are we smoking here? Uh, well, if you light up what I passed around, which you're certainly not obligated to do, is a Killer Bee Connecticut. This is the Connecticut shade version of the Killer Bee right. with the signature barber pole around the cap and the foot. Right. Uh, have, have any of y'all smoked this before? No, Not no. I can I tell you right I'm, now. I thought no. I may have given you no. one when you came to the house. No. Uh, yeah, this is our Killer Bee Connecticut. What we did was um, James has come up with this. The blend, the internal guts are the same as the Killer Bee, but we got put a Connecticut wrapper on it. You guys know the original Killer Bee we did was the Maduro version, the Ecuadorian uh, Habano Maduro uh, with Connecticut accents. So what we did was we flipped it. Yep. And... Um, Last year, we, we, we didn't. We, we had a lot of discussions about what do we want to do with this? How do we make it? How do we give it the stage it deserves? And we decided that it would be only available last year to the retailers that made it out to the IPCPR trade show. You know, getting out there. Did, you guys went. Uh, we yeah, we tried you, to get. Came, you came to the booth. We tried to get some from you there, and we and, got and shot w- down. Well, nothing personal. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was totally personal. No, there. it wasn't personal. It was. Uh, <laughs> if it's personal, you can put it out now. I mean, <laughs> I thought we were going to be friends, but uh, you guys just shook hands. <laughs> we Literally, did. we did just, just shake hands. hands. So what we decided to do last year was to make this available to the retailers that uh, work with us who came to the trade show. You know, there's a lot of expenses associated with the trade show, not only for the retailers, but for us as manufacturers to sure. be out there. Um, so we want to do something special with the trade show because now what you see in the industry is a lot more people giving deals and doing things for um, you know shops that maybe don't come out to the trade show, which I understand. It's a business. Uh, but we wanted to do something a little different. So we made this available at that time. Uh, what we're going to do with it this year is we're making it one of our limited editions in the Blackworks Studio line. Okay. Um, so it'll be... Uh, coming out around the time of the trade show and um i love it so this is like a a new drop this isn't available yet it's not available yet we're friends again if i can make we're friends we can make a little if i can make this one little asterisk Mm. you guys i always when i get to come is to see is awesome but every time i talk to kate about before i come and say is the doctor going to be there is the doctor going to be there and every time it's no no this time I get to have the doctor. That's why I sat you next to him. It's, like, it's great. I love it. Someone tells it. me I'm going to fire this some bitch up, and I'm going to like it. <laughs> the first. Well, you know, I am the national sales manager. The first 99 so. rating from the doctor. Yeah. Uh, before I, you know, close it out, I just wanted to say one other thing. With the, I want you to know that the shirt I have a Tuesday night cigar club shirt. And I sweat in it once a week at my exercise group with your face. Like my sweat pours through your visage. I just wanted you to know that. 
Rev, I also see you yeah, on social. By the way, you can I get those shirts at TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. It is the doctor shirt. And, Rev, I see you on social Thank media you, quite a bit wearing your doctor I shirt. I wear the shirt. I sweat as well, but that's just who I am. It's another story. <laughs> hey, day. as a man of physical health and science, <coughs> sweating is good for you. Sweating, yeah. You may as well sweat through me. Uh, doctor, would you say that sweating is as good for you as drinking beer and smoking cigars? My God, Derek, what a fantastic question. That is what I love about the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is the learning and the education. Of course it is. Of course. Brilliantly done. Brilliantly done, sir. I believe at last year's Cats Fest, uh, or they skipped last year, the year before, Rev gave the opening prayer wearing the doctor's T-shirt. Absolutely. Just the doctor's T-shirt. Yeah, that, that's why <laughs> oh, they... That's why they. That's <laughs> actually why they didn't have a Cats yeah. Fest last year. <laughs> this is the end. This, this is, is the, the end, end of Cats Fest. That's why we're in a new location, too, but that's another story. Uh, just behave yourself oh, this okay, year, will sorry, you? Sorry. Come on now. Uh, I, I am very, very flattered by that. I have to interject a longtime fan, uh, Justin Nosser. I hope I'm pronouncing that. I was like, uh, live? When did this travesty occur? <laughs> yeah, somebody on Instagram said the same thing. Like, this is the this is where it all... This is where society just this, crumbles. This is, you guys live is not, not a good... Good, good good concept. But you know what? Tut wants it, so we're doing it. I do. Thank you. And it's all for Cigars for Warriors. I'm having a good time for Cigars for Warriors. Rev, are you having a good time? A phenomenal time. I Great. can't. You know, if, if it was any better, it would be illegal. Sometimes go. it is. There you go. And, and by the way, Rev, I'm nubbing this thing down to the... It, it is not burning hot down to yeah. my fingertips. And, uh, yeah, uh, good smoke. Okay. Um, and the beers? I'm good right now. Good. Everybody's beers good. Okay. Ten to one, he's forgotten where we are in the movie. I'll prove you wrong. Well, if he had, Booger and his fellow nerds, Booger and his fellow <laughs> nerds just want to go home after this night out with the Seminole Indian, the fake Seminole Indian tribe, where they cannot get laid in peace. He says, "I like that line." But Lewis prov- proves his leadership and inspires them to fight the good fight and continue on. Also, as they enter their room, Booger encounters Edgar Poe Wong, a.k.a. Snotty, played by the legendary... You know what? Fort Lauderdale... Fuck you. You're not legendary. James Hong is legendary. Lopan, man. Lopan. In the room across the hall. It's a pigsty of a room. (laughs) Thank you. Just thank you. you. Yeah, he's proud of it. It is a shithole. It is. It looks a lot like my dorm room at Sam Houston State University. <laughs> oh, I forgot. It really tonight. does. Burger King wrappers <laughs> I everywhere. I forgot I was going to smoke it like this. I'll be, uh, you had more 40s. Derek just gave the, the signal. This is the eat em up cats. Sam Houston State. Uh-huh. Did you go to uh, Sam Houston State? Freshman year. Oh, wow. We're learning so much tonight. I was not in a fraternity at Sam Houston State, nor at the University of Texas, <laughs> but specifically at Sam Houston State. I was not... But you know, the, se- cats. the secret handshake. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it's not secret anymore. We're on Facebook Live. Everybody's going to be going around now trying to get discounts no. doing this. No, they're not. <laughs> As if anybody who graduates Henry State owns a business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Edgar Poe Wong, a.k.a. Snotty, is in the room across the hall. It's a pigsty. Shit, it's everywhere. And Snotty, as Derek said, is totally unapologetic about it, which really turns Booger on. This guy lives in a shithole, and he's thriving. Booger chugs, picks up a crumpled beer can on the ground, just chugs it Cade-style. 
flat beer. More flat beer and just down the hatch. Blows something off of the top of the can. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're not sure what. <laughs> it's. Let's just go with detritus. And he lets out an impressive belch, but then Snotty counters with a burp so massive it cracks the mirror on the wall in the bathroom. Booger drops to his knees. Master. And Snotty smiles. My son. My son. And he gives the whole... Doesn't he say, after he says thank you, then he says you should be ashamed of yourself. Fuck you. Who died and made you God? Fuck you. Who died and made you God? I'm sorry. This dude chews up screen no matter what he's in. Which he's in everything. Oh, God. The guy's got like a thousand. Thank you. Also in Tangling Cash. Yes, yes, he's one of the, he's one of the drug, yes, drug yes, dealer he, uh, yes, drug yes, bosses. He is. Yes, he is, Mr. Nincy. Um, Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> to me, he's low pan for Big Trouble. <laughs> he is low pan. He'll always be low pan. It's his defining role as far as I'm concerned. You're not earth to get it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem, pan, you and the ladies? Uh, certainly you know the troubles with men and women and the... Dude. Ah, certainly you know the troubles with men and women. <laughs> There have been others. <laughs> Are you crazy? Is that your problem? <laughs> I said that a ton on the phone yesterday. He hung up on me. <laughs> yes, I did. Shut up, Mr. Burton. Shut up, Mr. K. Oh, I'm sorry. Your phone wasn't getting reception in the liquor store. It's funny how often that happens to me. <laughs> and I'm a Japanese fighter pilot. <laughs> <Chinese>. Whatever. <laughs> It works. I, I've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. The next morning at the pool, the Alphas are gloating about their mission the night before. Buzz Mussinger, remember that guy, the acting hotel? He's not even the hotel manager. He doesn't own the hotel. It's the acting. 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 He's like, because he, he's there. Like, there's another manager that just you know, he has a good job. He doesn't have to be there all the time. He can't believe all the drama these boys are having. Back when he was an Alpha, all that mattered was getting drunk and getting laid. And now... Look at me. I'm a fancy pants hotel manager. Woohoo! Ogre agrees between shoveling mouthfuls of food in his mouth. Well, Lewis and the nerds storm their way into the Hotel Flamingo and tell Raj that by the, lo- by the laws of the fraternity council, they have every right to be here just like everybody else. Raj begrudgingly agrees, so he quickly holds a high council meeting where he offers up a proposition. Proposition 15. Mm-hmm. Or 5. 15. No, on 15. I think it is 15. No, on 15. Proposition 15, uh, to where fraternities must uphold certain physical standards as well as academic ones. That ain't good for a puny nerds, is it? The movement is somehow seconded only by Ogre. That's weird, right? Like their own guy, like, second? <laughs> okay. That's all we need. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna second the motions you guys put out. It seems Any she, motion seems put forward if it is second in within a... I think we need to come up with some TNCC bylaws, because I, I, I think... Let me get out my copy of Robert's Rules of Orders. We'll go over this right now. We'll <laughs> Do you guys use up. that in the Masons? I'm done. Uh, Louisiana... What? I believe Louisiana is the Pelican State. Fair enough. Uh, Ogre seconds it by himself. All the other fraternities are just silent. And boom. Things are not looking good for the Trilams. They try to protest Proposition 15. Here's where the PG-13 really goes against the where this film could have been. Uh, but then the Alphas, as they're 
protesting announce a wet nighty competition poolside in five minutes. Well, I love this. And uh, everybody races out of the meeting hall. Well, I love this. Lewis gets up to the mic, and he's like demanding to be heard. And the guy was like, hey, 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 okay, we're going to get you to heard. Let me make this one, one quick, quick announcement. announcement. And Lewis is like, yeah, that's right. You're going to observe me. It's like, wet nighty shirt at the poolside. Everybody leaves and is like, oh, fudge. The original film, there would be no wet nighties. It would be full full boobies I just man take me yes, back to the original film <laughs> lost PG, opportunities lost opportunities I'm fine with it I'm actually fine with it I, I am I don't know why I am but I am unfortunately you just can't help but compare it to the original I mean you have to they're three years apart maybe it was because the original is one of the very first films where I saw boobs and muff hmm and it just I have a special place in my heart for it but the wet nighty competition and there's girls and they're just in their 90s it just it's like man this is a nerds movie I'm this fine is, with it it's booger like I'm fine with it you're hair, with you're with we me we should be seeing some hair pies what you're saying we should be seeing some hair pies still I would have been happy to judge a wet nighty contest yes who wouldn't Especially you know with what, those contestants. Uh, what Rev, guy, do you know if at this year's Cats Fest 6 there will be a Wet Nighty competition? I believe it's on. Uh, it's still in discussion right now. But, will that uh, be... I hope it's before the Chili with Beans competition. Oh, <laughs> I think it'll be <laughs> probably during the Drew Diplomat, you know, okay. pre-event, you know? Okay. Wait. Uh, granted, I've only been to Cats Fest once, and the most memorable thing that happened there was meeting Derek twice. So... <laughs> <laughs> Considering the male-to-female ratio, do we want a wet nighty contest there? Oh, I'm totally getting it in my nighty. Wow. Oh so what, what is it that every guy's afraid of? Yeah. Everyone else seeing, seeing how small their ladder is. Their ladder. Oh, he's oh. gone two times. Yeah, two times. Wow. Oh, it's all right. It's all right, man. Nobody's all judging. Right. Nobody's Take judging. Take their back to you, Baron. Wait till he's in the bathroom to start talking shit about I'm going to defend him. No. Nice nerd bladder. Nice nerd bladder, <laughs> Derek. No, no, no. Great kid just turned into ogre down here. <laughs> nerd <Yeah>. bladder. <laughs> uh, as they walk past the wet nighty competition, very PG, and see all the horn dog fraternities going nuts, Lewis determines they must fight fire with fire. To which Booger says, "Agreed. We torch their hotel rooms." <laughs> <laughs> which in uh, our rated yeah. movie, he'd be like. We torch the fuckers. That's, well, right. that was, That's Booger. That was his line from the first one. Let's blow the fuckers up. Exactly. That's Booger. He can't cuss in this one. You're, you're st- stilting character development. You're stilting character. Which is amazing because when you look at PG-13 at the time, and we were talking about get how... two F-words. Well, we were talking about how... Not you, in 87. Yeah, no. I thought you got one. Oh, you get one in 87? I, I don't think you got an F-bomb in 87. No, no you did. No, wait, he's right. There was none. They've changed that. No, there's an F bomb in this. Somebody well, see, says that, it. What, what's What's interesting is that you it. still see boobs in the ninety concert. You still or the ninety contest. You still see boobs later on, but yet you can't say the F word. So, to get back to, can you see boobs in a thirteen movie now? No. To get back, right, to but you can probably like say F words. Three or four no, no, F words. You can, but no nipples. Yeah, side boobs. Oh, man, so. Well, side boob is the best uh, any, boob. Anything, if, if they, it literally, if it covers the nipple, they can show you anything else. 
So Which, once again, makes no sense. Yeah. Because the dude's going to run across screen shirtless, but then... Part of what you're talking about with Booger not being able to use the F-bomb uh, and the rating, part of this goes back to uh, something I read in Armstrong's book. Um, they mentioned that uh, Jeff Canu... I'm saying it that way because otherwise Jeff Canoe. The original. The, the direct guy who directed the first one. Right. Uh, he said he understood the spirit of the thing. It's mm-hmm. called Revenge of the Nerds. It's an 80s movie. And he, uh, according to Armstrong and Timothy Busfield and Larry B. Scott, who played Latrell, all said that uh, in the original movie, Canoe had, had uh, really allowed them to do what precious actors like to do for better or worse, uh, ad-lib and improvise. And he said he really kind of caught the spirit of it. it, whereas he said where Joe Roth was completely uninterested in that. It was more of a two takes and move on. You say your lines the way we, we wrote them. We gotta, he wanted to get this done. Yeah. And uh, Kate and I, having met some people who were actors and some people who fancied themselves actors, um, for better or worse, I'm not knocking it. Uh, you know, if you're going to be an actor, if you think of yourself as one, most of those people are fairly egotistical, and and a lot of that's understandable. Um, they want to feel like they're part of the collaborative process and not, I'm just a tool who shows up and read my lines. Right. So that 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 kind of Armstrong, I said it rubbed him the wrong way that Joe Roth was like that. And granted, they had a PG-13 script, so I don't know what they could do about that, but. Um, Timothy Busfield, he, he had, and he had gone back in the book. Armstrong was talking to these people decades later and getting their take on it now. And uh, uh, he just said that they all kind of felt the same way that, that Joe Roth, he knew he was going on to bigger and better things. This was to get his set experience, and he really wasn't interested in, in letting them kind of goof around with the material. Uh, because according to Armstrong in the original film, he said there's a ton of shit that they improvise that ends up in there. Hmm. Um, he said, like, the whole thing with him and Takashi where he's handing in the joint. He said they basically oh, just... Oh, Booger, I feel nothing. He said, they, he said the two of them just basically made that up on the spot. Hmm. And uh, he said there was a lot of other stuff. gave him some space to explore He kind of let him let him do what you want to do, where he just said Joe Roth was totally opposed to that. Hmm. And uh, so I think that... Granted, if, if the studio wanted to be PG-13 in the 80s... Now, now PG-13 now is kind of like an R movie 30 years ago. This is 30 years ago, a PG-13 movie, so that still to them in some ways, but also according to Armstrong and some of the other principles that uh, Roth's uh, directorial method and the Gunselman script was uh, yeah. uh, lacking, in their opinion, as performers. Um, it shows. It, it certainly shows. Um, so, no, no, Lewis says we can't torch their hotel rooms. We must throw an anti-Proposition 15 party as only we can. We've done it before in Lambdas. We're going to do it again. Party on, boys. Clap your hands, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands. I'm sorry, you did do it before, and it was an awesome party. This is not an awesome party. Tut, correct? <laughs> Even you can agree this is... This I, can, I can totally agree. This, party, this is wait, the wait, 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 wait. You don't like the Lamar rap? No, I don't. I don't. No, I'm sorry. When he comes on in the first one, clap your hands, everybody. Everybody, clap your hands. That is iconic. This was just a rehash of number one. 
And everything. The whole movie was a rehash of And number trust one. me, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan. And the whole Stewart dude coming on was like a Beastie Boys knockoff. I've left I've him still, out of my notes for a reason. The guy was useless. And still. I'm not going to give him the time. Rock copy. I'm not going to totally give was. this guy the time of day. Actually, I would think he's more of a MCA copy. So, according to Armstrong, uh, two he had things. He an MCA voice, but he was wanting to be Ad-Rock. One, uh, Canu. I understand the, him, because as a child in the 80s, I wanted to be Ad-Rock, but I was more MCA. Canu, the original director, when he said, what's the point of a Nerds 2? The Nerds won. What are you going to do, make them win again? And Curtis Armstrong said, he didn't get it. He said, that's the point of a, one of these sequels, is yeah, we're just going to do everything over again. It's Rocky. And uh, the guy that played uh, Stuart, Barry Sobel. Mm-hmm. Armstrong said, "Nice guy, but not an actor." He said he was a, he was a young stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah. And he, he said, "Not an actor," and and it showed. I purposely left him out of all my notes because his character was pointless. His meanderings into the storyline were useless. Well, at this point, they're making a part two. They're probably thinking we might have a franchise here, and they did to some extent. But maybe they're thinking. Three years down the road, there's a nerds. theatrical release. Maybe we're into new nerds. We need new nerds. But let's get somebody we don't have to pay any money to. Yeah. So that night, the boys short out the hotel sign. Derek, <sighs> what did the hotel sign originally read? Hotel Coral Essex. Now it reads Hotel Oral Sex. Hot, hot Oral Sex. Oral. Hot, I'm sorry, Hot Oral Sex. And naturally, we've got ourselves the making of a big time bash. The scene in the parking lot is literally like World War Z. With that army, <laughs> all the armies going into all the hotel. All army of frat boys just like crawling Cars all over each other to get into each other to get into the place. Was that not your college experience? Uh, no, no, not at, not at same music. We didn't have that at pits. I did read an interesting thing about zombies the other day that I never thought about. Speaking of zombies, uh, just kind of flirted in my mind. Every zombie movie if you think about it, is inherently flawed because whether they are killed wearing their clothes mm. or if they come out of the ground from their caskets, at a certain point, they become more and more emaci- emaciated. emaciated. You pronounced that correctly. Every zombie, at some point, their clothes would fall off. They should be walking around with their pants around their ankles because they're... they're they, they're not taking in, you know, if I got killed right now, two weeks from now, with no food, and I'm I'm chasing people, my pants are going to be falling off because I've lost so much weight from not... It's a fatal flaw in Zion movie. Okay, anyway, Their so hot, coral, uh, hot oral sex, and uh, moving on. That's a good point. I don't know what time it is, but K just destroyed the zombie genre forever. They should have no their pants. pants around their legs. They should. They should Why be. When they die, their belts. You don't see zombies like redoing their belts. <clears throat> Just giving me new. the title to my next medical journal article. <laughs> zombies. Why are the pants still on? Why are their pants still on? You never see them like poking new bell holes. <laughs> new England Journal of Medicine. They care? Here I come. <laughs> I'm done. Why would they care if their pants? <laughs> yeah. Why would they care if their pants fell down? <laughs> Fuck you. If anything, all the zombies running around should be pantless. I don't tell you anything, dick brain. <laughs> if, it were up to, if I were making movies, they would be pantless. Well, I don't know, Kate, but the pants are still on. I mean, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? Pantless zombies. Anywho, 
Todd, is anybody still watching this? And yeah, actually they are. Okay. That's weird. The nerds have once again taken the stage. This is where we're getting at. And they are rocking and rapping their nerdy, unattractive faces <laughs> off. Poindexter's on the electric violin again. <laughs> Lamar is handling lead vocal duties. Thank you. He's kind of like a gay, flamboyant Professor Griff. He's got the beret and the fist, like fists in the air, but it's just... Uh, well, public no, enemy reference. on 15. Say no, on 15. Again, I know, I, and it was, an obscure, it, was, it, was, it was an obscure P.E. reference, too. It wasn't the Chuck D. or the Flav. Hmm. Griff. By the way, I found out that... It wasn't even Terminator. I hate to bring the first movie back again, but in the uh, when they compete in the Greek, Greek Olympiad, yeah. the limp-wristed Lamar Luttrell throwing motion of the, the javelins... The javelin, right. That is a killer volleyball serve. I played some volleyball for a while, and if you emulated the Lamar Luttrell limp-wristed slap of the volleyball, uh-huh. that thing was like a Verlander curveball. It just took off and then just He's dipped out of the back really? corner. Yeah. I remember you being really big into beach volleyball. That's why you're a doctor. Played a little beach volleyball, administered some first aid when it was required. To the ladies. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody is permission. lapping this... <laughs> Whatever it is on stage up, it's a it's a it's a half baked copycat of the first movie. It's weak sauce. It's weak sauce. It is. Hey, that's um, that's sequel writing. You it know is what? Sequel. They did a, they did a musical number in the first one. Let's have them we'll do, do another one. But we'll sure enough, hey, get this. Brilliant. The next morning, Proposition Fifteen is begrudgingly removed by Raj from the agenda, and he even calls Lewis up on stage to jointly announce a new resolution. To squash any hateful or illegal actions by anyone in the fraternity council again. So oh, just like they're just like rap, it was East Coast and West Coast coming together. Justice they, is served. They are burying the hatchet like you and Derek did earlier. Did y'all buy that for one second though? Oh yes, I did. I did. It was. It was. Y'all thought Raj was. was Raj has turned nice a new. Now? He's turned no, a new leaf, man. The Alpha Betas are on board. So Raj and his identically dressed Alpha Brothers. All right, this is weird. Like is I get it all in the same shirt. On. I get is it. it. I get it. If you're all wearing the same sweater, or like like Rev has a like logo shirt on, but they had identically dressed like just button down shirts with like t-shirts under. Have you not ever seen a fraternity? That's pretty I went to Sam Houston State. <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, <laughs> the penny loafers or the boots, the same khaki pants. The same style shirt. But identical? The like same twins? haircut. Come on. Oh, no. It's 30 dudes wearing varying shades of the exact same shirt. I'm sorry I didn't go to A&M or UT and see how, like, real colleges work. Hey, I told you we didn't have that in Poughkeepsie. I went to A&M. <laughs> we had the biggest fraternity. Called, it was called the Core. And those dudes were well, literally well, yeah. wearing the exact <laughs> same dudes. thing because they're, they were in uniform. They're robots. <laughs> All right. All right, maybe it's not weird. I'm sorry. I take back my criticism of Raj and his brothers dressing the same. Oh, by the way, I'm not gonna. I I don't know what the rules are in here, but that's damn good. You like it? I, I yeah, really, I like really, really, really. Oh yeah, there. guys, you guys smoking the um, Killer B? Killer B. Why? You guys tried to call it the Yellow Jacket. Was there a trademark thing? Yeah, somebody else had the name, so we. Uh, it's that's a, kill- a perfect. That's a perfect name. It's a kill- It was the perfect name, um, and it was the perfect cigar. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it at that, but uh, we changed the name to the Killer Bee Connecticut. Uh, it caused us a couple of issues because people now 
want to call it the yellow jacket. We're going, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Let me ask you some behind-the-scenes stuff. Well, when that happens, do you, are you given the option to buy the name from whoever owns the trademark or, like, talk to them and be they're like, yeah, we're not using it? Like, how does that work? Because there's, like, a master index, right? When you want to trademark a cigar, you have to file it, and they have this master list of everyone who's ever trademarked a cigar name. Am I right? Here's the thing. Well, here's two things. Number one, it was never we we had the name changed before we ever sold a box. And number two, Louisiana is the Pelican State. Whoa. Wow. Ooh. It is true. That's that my is answer. True. That's a that's a drop the pencil right there. I'm getting a lot of that. Tonight. I just know that this is a kind of departure because I remember when the Killer Bee first came out. We did the, and land, the very we did first the one was like the Killer Bee. No, Killer Bee. Not to be a prick. It's uh, the Killer Bee Lonsdale. Lonsdale. Yes. And we do that as an event-only cigar. So we make that available to the retailers that want to host an event. Uh, we did that on the show. I remember that being like a pepper just spice bomb right off the bat. And it was like that pepper spice was just boom in your face. This is so subtle coming back off of it. You still get that pepper. You still get that spice. But it's not just beating you with a freaking spice bat over the head. I like this. This has got a nice little dry palette coming across coming across the palette. Uh, there's almost like a little breadiness to it, but there's a nice little subtle spice. There's a nice little just kind of woodsy earth leather. It's just I nice. haven't smoked this year's. James is currently they're, they've been blended and rolled and they're being made up now. And um, he tells me this year's is better. How am I not going to believe him? I mean. Um, I, I went ahead and lit up a second Lancero just for shits and grins, see if it plays, you know, consistency-wise. So far, so so yes. I'm not getting any spice on the nose, which I didn't get on the original. I'm getting that milk, chocolate, and earthiness, and a little bit of cream like we got on the first one. Uh, so far, it's playing exactly like uh, the first traveling man we had. And you just lit up, so I'm gonna come back to you a little bit. So I, I would. Uh it's interesting because uh, I think Tut and I do have a different cigar palette, but um, yeah, I, I would agree. There's there's a good spice, but it's not smacking you in the face, and um, I, I have trouble ever picking up breadiness. I know you guys have mentioned that before, toast. So I know that's a, an actual thing. I don't ever get that, but there's a there's a nice sourdough. I don't want to say so. <laughs> I would say artisan bread. Waffle. No, no there's a there's a there's a, a spice a spice. It's not subtle, but it's not smacking you in the head either. And and, and look at that. I actually think that breadiness is being pulled out by the beer. You think so? I would agree. That could be. Doctor, are you? I getting, would also agree that you need another beer. Oh, I do. Doctor, are you getting everything cool. bagel out of that? Um, no, no bagels. No artisan bread. Rev, I thought no you were going to bring us some New York breakfast foods. Oh, I got it downstairs. Oh, he did? <laughs> he did. I already ate it, though. Dude, uh, Rev brings the heat. Do you bagels, not? we got New York cheese. I mean, we're good to go, man. Oh, man. It's going to yeah. be a fun after show. Bread. He's a converter. I, I I told him to bring me a slice of New York pizza, and he was going to do it. I had to tell him, no, 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 no. God. The first flight, it was gone. I, I'm not going to yeah. be that guy. Go on several flights with a slice of pizza for me. Although these two would probably tell you I am that guy. You asked me to mail you a hot dog from spring training in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> FedEx overnight, it would still be good. 
Um, What's going to be from that Cubs game, that's for sure. So Raj and his identically dressed Alpha brothers give Lewis and the boys full access now it took me a while, but, uh, to their hot tub suite. And it seems like everybody's friends. Matt Schwan says uh, New York pizza dough, perhaps? Back at the hotel, first of all, no alphas are giving up their hot tub suite to nerds that easy. Uh, shows you the good heart of the yes. nerds. They want to believe. Oh, they want to be they accepted. Believe, so they want to believe gosh, that there's Roger, goodness. I swear, so, I must be dreaming. Yeah, you are dreaming. You yep. are dreaming, Lewis. <laughs> Back at their hotel, Snotty is instructing Booger that a true loogie must not retrieve phlegm from the back of the throat, like everybody thinks, but from the soul. Second science article coming right up. We also get a quick scene here where Lewis calls Gilbert to fill him in. This will go in the Delaware Journal. (laughs) Anthony Edwards has to give that swimming pool. There's a little phone call conversation where Gilbert wisely tells Lewis, be careful. I know you think they're your friends now, but once an alpha, always an alpha. Lewis swears, hey, I'm not the type of weenie to be suckered again. But then we cut to Raj back at the Hotel Flamingo talking some call girls into luring the nerds into his car. And, well, we know for damn sure that that weenie's about to indeed get sucked once again. Suckered once again. Oh, damn. <laughs> suckered. See. Suckered. Okay. Suckered. The weenie will be suckered again. I don't know that that's any better. but I'm okay. just saying that <laughs> Gilbert... <laughs> Gilbert... <laughs> Gilbert has the, the right. The weenies thing. are about to get suckered. What happened yeah. last night? Everybody got their weenie suckered. No. Gil- <laughs> Gilbert has the right idea. You don't trust the jocks. Correct. The only jock I trust is Cody's older brother. Huh? I trust your older brother. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, you're one weenie who is not going to get suckered again. Well, when you put it like that's that, that's what you said earlier. Kind of <laughs> and we still have viewers. That's what Derek told me. Yeah, any questions? Come so, in there, Todd. Anything so, for me on there? No? What? Uh, understandable. Uh, 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 yeah. So, Sonny, remember front desk uh, hotel clerk Courtney Thorne Smith, Sonny, and the two whores that Raj hired, uh, and he, Buzz Missinger was also in on that. Now he's now he's the guy who wrote Friday Night Lights, Buzz Bissinger. <laughs> Buzz Mussinger. That's what I said. Uh, they pile the nerds into Roger's convertible, and they are off. Lamar naturally wants to know, do you guys have any... Brothers? <laughs> this is a very uh, progressive movie for the 80s. Well, the first nerds was very progressive. They treated gays equally. They treated nerds equally. Well, you'd never, you'd never make it today. So I mean today's oversensitive climate the okay so Takashi would be considered completely okay, racist. Okay how how Takashi would be totally how racist. How much do you want me to go on this rant? Not, this? not at all. Oh, not at all. Doctor. Uh, no, okay, I'm please continue. Doctor. Okay. No, I'm Kate. no Back too to late. Kate. No, too late. Right. I'm on it. Weenie's right. getting suckered. No, because you know uh, because Kate's, Kate's going to take a little trip to the girls room while Tuttle goes off on his uh Ooh, does that make me acting proctor? Yes. 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 Okay. No, much, right. to, much to Mincy's point. Uh, it, I had a point. It's, it's easy to beat up on the original nerds and this movie because of the stereotypes and how I'm it's... be like Ogre and just piss loudly. <laughs> you stole my fucking joke, <laughs> It's easy to beat up on them about how you know out of sorts it is, but you got to put yourself back in that time. 
Takashi was like part of the normalization of the Japanese culture because they were our enemy. They were taking over everything in America. They were buying out Rockefeller Center. They were buying out all all these beaches. They were buying out everything. That's why the movie Gung Ho was there because you know the Japanese economy was just killing us. They were absolutely just buying everything, and we were all anti-Japanese. And then all of a sudden, Takashi shows on the scene, and I'm like, that dude's kind of funny and cool. No, I'm saying they would never make this movie today. And I'm not to- saying they should. Today, but- everybody's so oversensitive that Takashi today would be considered like Long Duck Dong from 16 Candles. Yes. It would be a, a terribly... People today would say it was a terribly racist depiction of an Asian. I totally agree uh, with they that. They would not have the Omega Moos. They would say you're making fun of, of people with a weight problem. Uh, I don't even know if they they would consider the Trilams racist. Oh, the the big tough black guys come in and save the day at the end. I mean, I'm just saying today, with everybody so oversensitive about everything and no one having a sense of humor, all of these things wouldn't get done today. I can agree. I I, I actually can agree with that, and I understand why the sensitivities there. But at the same time, I'm like, I remember having an argument with a friend of mine who's just very understandably. Asian sensitive because I'm sorry Asians get a, the Robert, short Robert Kraft style they just they get the short end of the stick on a, so many stereotypes in the movies and yeah at the same time I'm sorry I don't look at Takashi as this evil depiction because I remember that was almost like a normalization to where it was like okay to be Asian yes it was today it would be considered bad I can see that you're going in the best Newcastle, Asian Delaware depiction General I've ever seen on screen is Matt Damon in that Great Wall movie. God, <laughs> he was a good Asian. He wasn't even supposed to be Asian. No, he he was, didn't even try to be Asian. No, you, he was not Asian in that movie. Oh, he was a Caucasian. I understand your confusion because he was Caucasian. I never saw that movie. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't hear a lot of what you guys were saying. I, I will say there was a really wonderful time in American history where. Getting easily offended was looked at as a character flaw, uh, not as a as a badge to wear. Um, I, I, I can my Jesse Smollett comment until now. Yeah, because I, I still don't get what your I, problem I is with the microphone. I can see it. I, I can see it both ways. To where I'm like, I understand to where there is an oversensitivity, but I also understand to, to where. Just some mean, hateful people are using that oversensitive to where they can say the most outlandish, hurtful shit and then be like, oh, you're just fucking oversensitive? We used to could laugh about this shit. No, you're just being a fucking dick. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I think that's something completely different. So so does anybody here, does anyone here have a personal experience where you have a friend who's Asian who has made, who has ever said anything about... Long Duck Dong or Takashi being something that was deeply offensive. Sure. You got one hand up over there. It's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like, what do I? I but that, but that was I happen to be a white male of European descent. I don't know. But no, that, that I'm was one sure. of. I know you well. You have no Asian friends. One of the one of the same things that I I, I told. The, I believe Louisiana is <laughs> One of the one of the things that I told this person was that if you, if you take out all the stereotypical kung fu movies you would have erased my door into my infatuation with asian culture i would not have 
been exposed to any of Asian culture Todd without the just over the top Asian movies of kung fu movies. Once I saw that, I'm like, that's kind of cool. I want to learn more about it. And then I, I learn what the stereotype is, and I move past it. But the, I, I don't know. It, it's just a weird doorway to where you're like, all right, it's a stereotype. I know it's bad, but at the same time, it does kind of like normalize you to this is kind of all right. You can kind of approach this now. Okay. You know, we have a there's – there's a line somewhere. For sure, with everything. We have a, you know, you could talk about the, Shit. we have a, you know, with our Killer B series, we have Wu-Tang, the tie-in with yeah. an African-American rap group that ties into their Black label. appreciation for Asian culture mm-hmm. with the samurai. Right. Black, know, Black Label is selling. huge on Wu-Tang. Right. Wu-Tang Wednesday, yep. everybody... Post their their pics on Facebook with the hashtag Wu Tang Wednesday. Right. I find it hilarious seeing 50, 60 year old white guys who I I see post just you know a lot of pro Trump stuff, pro other stuff. Post these hashtag Wu Wednesday stuff. But see, you've never listened to a Wu Tang song. You've never watched sure a Wu Tang. No, no, not you. These guys. You said me. I'm just saying, I, I find it hilarious seeing these, right. these these guys post a Woo Wednesday, and it's like, you you you, you even know what but, it but, is. But to Todd's point, does it does it does it bring some normalization to it did at embracing the maybe, of a culture? If maybe they 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 bought a Wu Tang CD and it's like, why why am I posting this hashtag? Let, let me do some research, or. You know what? I went out and bought a box set of Wu Tang actual kung fu movies and watched it. I, I feel like I should be knowing a little bit more. Cigar culture is like that a lot. There's a lot of of, of catchy, you Look, know. There was every a- every cigar boutique cigar maker likes to quote rap lyrics, and you know, Biggie Smalls and all this, and it's like, okay. And then all all his twenty people that comment on everything that that he does or she does or whatever, they're like, yeah, you, that's Biggie. I love that. You know, uh, it it's well, it's interesting because I, uh, I, have, I, I do have kind of a, a weird thing about it because no, I understand. I understand. I came into this. You know, I grew up here and. That wasn't part of my thing, and I lived in California for a while and got more exposure. I have an aunt that lives in Hawaii. You go to over to Hawaii, there's a lot of the most of the culture is heavily influenced with the Asian culture. We do an event every year with the shop out there. We're very sensitive to that because we make a special cigar for them yeah, every year. Sure. And this year we're looking at some you know options for how to market that appropriately, and it, to the degree that we've gone to the manager, the owner, the vendor, whatever you want to call them, and said, look, this is what we're thinking, but we want to make sure that it's cool with you guys. Is this is this respectful? Because mm-hmm. we want to be respectful. Of the like, Hawaiian culture? Yeah. And the I, Hawaiian culture and the Asian influence on the Hawaiian culture. Right? Sure. And they're like, yeah, man, let it rip. And I think that's where it ultimately lies down to, is when you're like, all right, this is what we're thinking. We want to make sure that we're being respectful. You can get away with a lot of shit as long as people are like, that's cool. 
Yeah. Just by asking. And a lot I, of people I, don't mind being think, made fun of, being a little... And I think universally... Ribbed a little bit. Universally, or, it is I cool. Just, and I think, I think nobody's going to have a real problem with it. I, I, I just... I don't know. To Tut's point, you know, th- these movies were kind of our first exposure to Asians in the eighties. Well, like when you talk You're when right. you talked about, uh, right. you know, does anybody have? They weren't on A Team. They weren't on Knight Rider. They weren't on. The and they're shows, still not the shows I mean, you would watch still, every day. They were in these movies, these B movies that kind of broke out, and that's kind of your the only shot you got. And to be fair, without rich, crazy Asians, they're still an underrepresented minority in film. At the end of every episode, I look at the camera and I say, Sayonara, motherfuckers. That's straight from Hot Dog the movie, and it was the most stereotypical Japanese... Hot Dog? Yes. No, that wasn't Fort Lauderdale, obviously. <laughs> but it was a similar... It was the same thing. <laughs> it was Florida and Colorado. Nancy, if he no, it's, it, it's interesting because... Uh, I thought he was coming for me. I thought he was coming for me. It's interesting because when you talked about, you know, like, raise your hand if you ever had a friend that was, you know, offended by blah, 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 blah. Uh... Justin said that he had a friend that you know was offended by Big Trouble in Little China, and I'm like, that's a shame because it's funny because Jack Burton is the stereotype in that movie. He is, John, and that was the a, goofball John Wayne making fun of Americans. And that was a and that was a gateway into a lot of Asian culture that I never had. I would have never known any type of mysticism, the which a- I love mythology. The Asian, and I the just, Asian acting community had a huge... They protested Big Trouble in China. They hated Big Trouble in China for what it, how it portrayed Asians. All I know is I had to shit-can my script for middle-class, slightly sane Bosnians. <laughs> I like that script. I thought you did some really good things with that. That joke bombed. I'm taking a leak. Can you blame, but can you blame the Asian community for boycotting that when most people didn't pick up on what you just said? Which was that they? Which was Jack Burton? Kurt Russell was the dumbass. Right, but do you really? Feel and the like Asians were the only one that saw him right, as right. the dumbass. Right, a lot of people normal like, yeah, what's the problem with Jack Burton? Like they didn't get it. So to to that point, which I think we should get back to Revenge of the Nerds too. But to that point, I agree with Tunnel. Now Derek's telling me how to run the show. Make a note here. Never invited again. Actually, I've enjoyed both our guests tonight. Rev's comments are measured and well thought out. Yeah, I'm Derek's are passionate and off the cuff. I like them both. <laughs> Don't worry. Both I'll right. be back in the bathroom soon. <laughs> My God. As soon as Mincy's comes out, I'm... Did you bring your 12-year-old girl's bladder with you? <laughs> I, I said, what, what is every male afraid of? Someone seeing your tiny bladder. You're t- that's not what he said. Uh, I've heard it both ways. Well, um, so Sonny and, like I said, the the two, I'm assuming they're prostitutes. They were paid to hang out with these kids. You really went so far as to think they were prostitutes? They took money to... Escorts. Okay. Semantics? It's a small hair, but it's still to be cut. Uh, They pile their nerds into Roger's convertible and they're off. You know, I think it's worth mentioning here. Uh, it has been established that Lewis is still dating Betty Childs uh, from the first film. He, like Tut said, he did put her framed photograph in a suitcase. But he seems all on board with rubbing coconut oil all over Sonny's back with zero hesitations. Flawed heroes can still be heroes. Am I right? He's in college. He is in college. 
That's a total UT answer. <laughs> that is a total Longhorn thing to say. Hey, it was college. Hey, wait, wait. It was college. Cody's with me on this, right? I mean, yeah, it was college. <laughs> it was college. All right. Uh, it turns out Sonny is a nerd deep downside too. So Lewis is like Betty who? I just don't see why they had to bring her into this at all if she wasn't going to be in it. Like, why make your hero, Lewis, conflicted, which he really wasn't. He forgot about her. He never mentioned her after that photograph. Why even bring her presence into this movie? I think it was just more about tying the two films together, honestly. Yeah, but he's supposed to be your shining white knight, and you've established with that picture in his suitcase that he's got a girlfriend... Everything he does with this other girl, why even? No, Derek's right. It's it's a ham-handed attempt to to make any sort of string from one to the other. Well, it is, uh, and, and it's also. And it's and as Rev says, it's college. Well, that's what I was going to say. It also <laughs> normalizes the experience of having what you think you know at 18 or 19 years old be normalized, and you think this is what your life is going to be. And then life happens, other things go down, and you realize there's a whole world out there. I mean, there's a whole Courtney. You think you have everything figured out, then you go to legendary Fort Lauderdale. Legendary Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> You're hung up on that. I think it was legendary in 87. <laughs> everything changes. If you don't believe it, call the Chamber of Commerce. Well, they'll tell me it's legendary. Take That's their job. Lauderdale. Uh, Todd, people still watching? Yes. Okay. Weirdly enough. All right, don't forget, like the TNCC Facebook page. Leave a comment to win those Cats Fest tickets. Uh, All four. We float around. That's, that's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. They're, like I said, they're not cheap. And you will have fun, I guarantee it. Um, if you don't have fun, it's your own fault. Absolutely. It is what you make of it. It is. Much like Man, I'm most things. Turn it out. Well, the nerds go uh, on a beer run. Tut, the nerds go on a beer run. Where are they whispering about over there? This they way. go on a beer run, you and me style. Let's drive over there in three cars and get as much as we possibly can. <laughs> Big time. Um, to procure some tasty suds for their lady friends. And upon existing... Uh, as you call them, the whores. I did call them whores. It's okay. The Bible reference whores. Uh, where, yeah, where was it again, Doctor? I mean, yeah, yeah, they did reference whores, right? Yes, yes. they did. Yeah. The whore of Babylon. Right. Toward the end of the Bible. Did you just go to the doctor for biblical? Absolutely. He is. He's. You know, it was in it's one so of the journals. Good. It's so You know, that's another great reason to have the Reverend here tonight because I feel like often I'm the only spiritual person around, right. and having Reverend here now, I feel like there's two of us. Okay. Well, the boys leave their beach babes behind as they go to the liquor store to get some booze. Why are you looking at me and Derek? Come on, just say it. They go to procure some tasty suds for the ladies, and upon exiting the liquor store, they're quickly arrested for Grand Theft Auto. A one Roger Lattimore, a.k.a. Raj, reported his convertible stolen earlier that day. What an asshole. Fucking asshole. Rev, can we agree? Absolutely. An asshole. I agree. In what would you, in a church, what would they you call... They were just trying to turn water into... In a church, what would you call a Roger? Philistine. Yeah. How's that? Philistine. A Philistine or a Samaritan or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, okay. a yeah. Samaritan. Well, those no. were good. Samaritans are good. So, uh, yeah. Well, Samaritan. Yeah. No, probably a Philistine, Philistine. would be best, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with the doctor. The doctor in this. Yeah. He's done a journal art. Haven't you done a journal art on that? 
Yes, it's called Water into Wine and other great things about the New Testament. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Science and spirituality. That's correct. You wrote this? Mm-hmm. Where's it available to read? Far, do you know? It's, in the, uh, uh, it's on the dot-com something? No, no, the Atlanta Journal of Medicine, wasn't it? That's correct. Yeah. The, the what Atlanta, was that? The Atlanta uh, Journal of Medicine. Atlanta Journal mm-hmm. of yeah. Medicine. A John. That's Atlanta a far Journal cry from Poughkeepsie. You've come a long hey, way. Hey, everything right? is. <laughs> You've come a long way from Poughkeepsie State, haven't you? Well, uh, it wasn't Poughkeepsie State. And it was the Poughkeepsie How does it feel to have a fan sitting next to you? A fantastic. I am loving the show. Hey, hey. I'm a fan and I sit next to him. This has never happened to me. It's nice to branch out. It's nice to... It's, uh, I love having the Rev and Derek here. This is great. Okay. It's absolutely great. Thanks, Doc. Many different dimensions here. Fuck you, Minty. Todd, it's not a negative. Todd, it's not a negative against you. Goddammit, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, for Christ's sake, I mean, it, it's, I it ain't want, it ain't killer bees in those bags. I just want you to do that voice all the time. Uh, well, I mean, we can start doing that. Rev, get you some this Lancero is behaving exactly like the last Sorry. one. Okay. Pick up in strength almost uh, at the exact same spot. That lets me know it's intentional. Uh, it is a blending decision yeah. to kick up the strength midway through. Yeah. I'm still getting the earth and the milk chocolate. The creaminess has died down. That yeah. pepper on the on the Any nose. Any communion bread still? No. I've never got. No, I'm just. Asking. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I never ate that no. stuff. Okay. Yeah. As the trilams rot away in a jail cell. <laughs> Back at the Alpha's hotel room, they've retaken the hot tub. Ogre is leading everyone a chant, No more nerds! No more nerds! They finally did it! They got rid of the nerds! Or did they? Sonny bails the nerds out, but Lewis isn't buying Sonny's pleas of ignorance. He doesn't believe that she didn't know she wasn't in on the whole plan. You know what? You're not worth the lotion I squirted on you. That's hard. Come on, Lewis. Lewis has now gotten some action. He's starting to figure out how things work in this whole dynamic. Yes, he is. Uh, As they exit the police station, though, Ogre and the Alphas kidnap them, including Sonny, throwing all the nerds and her into a van. The cool guys then sail them out to a remote desert island and throw the Trilams off the boat. Now, why why do they do this again? Because they'd had them thrown in jail. They they one, they're going to vote to get rid of them, and they need them out of the picture. Okay, okay. They can't drop so them, we're right? going to put them on a deserted island to die. They were going to spare Sunny, but she jumps in the water willingly to get away from these douchebags. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we let you off, baby. She's like, yeah, fuck uh, this. I'm going Would you water. jump, Cade? No, they got beer and yeah. snacks and stuff. I'm probably going to stay on the boat. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your honesty. So if Yaks, Tut, and myself are put into the water, like, Cade, we're sparing you. You're the head honcho. Oh, like if a cool night. podcast. You're the head honcho of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. we got to get rid of the TNCC. If Cigar Coop kidnapped you guys. <laughs> or no, no. Uh, who's the two guys? The two guys, uh, the Cigar Authority. They kidnap you guys, drop you off an island, and like, Cade, we spared you. You gonna hang out with us? Or you gonna go, you know, you know, sw- swim with your buddies? You got beer and snacks. Yeah, they have the snack authority too, though. And you got this. They got beer and got some of New York bagels. Yeah. Some, some, I'll probably just stay here with you. Y'all would forgive me. I appreciate your honesty. Oh, no, because we're <laughs> trapped on an island. I know you're creative enough to get off. I wouldn't have to forgive you. I'd be with you on the boat. Yeah, I'm not. I'm jumping in the water. I'm go. jumping in the water. 
Good for you. Et to Derek. I haven't been in fresh water in 20 years. I don't go in water, so I'm definitely not jumping off that. Actually, I know that about you, and I would appreciate that. You'd uh, probably be able to fool me. I would think, you know what? Cade wanted to be here with us, but like me, he has a fear of water. Yeah, I have you, a big you didn't time, have a choice. I have Cade a big did. time fear of water. I'm not, and you. Yeah, I was be, thrown in. Right. Yeah, you're thrown in. I, I'm not. I'm not going in voluntarily. You know what I went through in that ocean. You know my nightmare. This was no beer accident. No, I'm not. I, this was no podcast accident. You guys are free. When you guys get back on shore, I'll give you some wings and cheese curds. You'll be fine. Um, you think you just make it's actually better? true. Cheese curds make everything better, and you know damn well it does. What kind of cheese uh, curds? That was a hint, Cody. Pennsylvania He's cheese curds, Amish cheese curds. Yeah, because that was a hint. Yeah. He's going to make sense. He's going to be asking for cheese curds on the sample letter. Here he told me they're out of them. Uh, and get this: when a pumped-up ogre, when is he not pumped up? Everything like he wakes up in the morning just. Waffles! <laughs> Jesus, man. His blood pressure has to be through the roof. Just take it easy. Uh, when he starts boasting about, we're going to tell everybody at the fraternity council how we screwed the nerds and we lied. They're like, we can't afford this liability. They shove him off the boat. And guess what? He can't swim. So the nerds, the kind ones, the sensitive, caring members of society swim out there and save his ass. Good old Wormser. Yeah, it's the only cool thing he did in the whole movie. I don't care. On the island, Booger discovers a weed crop. We have bush. bush! We have bush! <laughs> it's PG-13. It's the only bush we're getting here, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, and you reminded me. Thank you. What a waste. I'm going to cry now. So that night, Booger rolls a 16-inch wonder joint, and all the nerds get high with Ogre. Well, they're getting stoned and waxing all high and philosophical. Ogre wonders aloud, What if C-A-T really spelled D-O-G? And you know what? They're nice to him. No! It that really is, was a gigantic joint that they were passing around. It, it was like the it Romacraft. It was like one of these micro. It was like the Fomorian, that Romacraft, that giant fucking. Hand I'm pod. sorry, you think it's a throwaway line, but it's not. It's actually very, very deep because all of reality is based off of perception, and basically what he was saying is that if, what if CAT really meant dog? The moment that society decides that CAT means dog, guess what? CAT means dog. I haven't quite drank enough. Nerd! 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 That's deep, Ogre. I, you do not know how many times I have listened to friends or whatever just wax philosophic, and I have dropped that line, what if C-A-T really spelled dog? And everybody's just kind of looked at me blankly, and I'm just like, eh, it's equal on bullshit. His, on his, I know he's a weirdo not funny guy now but on his classic uh, comedy I'm Dennis Miller on the on the Off-White album had this great line where he's getting high with people and they're like hey man what if the color blue to me isn't the same as the color blue to you and he's like Tut loves my Dennis Miller impression hey look at the crayon box asshole <laughs> <laughs> 
impersonation kind of sounds like fucking bullshit to me. I don't know. There's one episode. It is all bullshit. I was actually trying to remember what episode it was where I just did a bunch of really bad Dennis Miller impressions, and he laughed so hard. And it was a terrible impression, but he couldn't stop laughing. I just kept doing it. I'm still laughing at it. (laughs) And it pissed me off, so I had to come in with a prank from Return of the Living Dead. Which made me laugh even more. Uh, And since Derek and the Reverend liked it, this is a great podcast. We're going to get some hot dogs. Hey, the Rangers or the Cubs? Cubs the Cubs won the fucking ball game today, Kane. I've had Cubs about won, six huh? of these IPAs. I don't, what does IPA stand for? I prefer hot dogs. I, I like hot dogs, too. Well, that's just great. Oh, God. Thank God. Baseball OJ started OJ Simpson's up. in jail, isn't he? Uh, no, he's out. He's golfing. Hmm. Yeah, oh, that's right. I'm going to force him with him on Saturday. We <laughs> golf, 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 uh, golf. Okay, okay. What are we about uh, 25 minutes into the film now? No, we're no, actually no, no, no. We're all, we're, we're Welcome we're, to the Tuesday Night Cigar uh, Club, good man. That that you you just started your first crack in the in the exterior. <laughs> Nobody asked what time it is. It's best not to just. Realize that this is your life. Don't worry, your your bladder will get up there. It's like you don't run a marathon at first. You got to go a few miles, then you run the marathon. So that night, Booger uh, rolls the wonder joint. Ogre says the cat and dog thing that that means a lot to Tut. But you know what the thing is? They're nice to him. They don't dismiss him, and they just. He doesn't get that from the alphas. They do more than not dismiss him. They ex- they're like you know they're what? Like, that, yeah, yeah. That's cr- that's that's golden. Cool. That's deep. Oh. Rev, you, you you go to a lot of uh, you're a big deadhead, right? You go to a lot of uh, one or two, yeah, shows. Sure. Do you ever get just completely just annoyed and just just like done with like people talking stupid stuff at those shows? Absolutely not. No. That's what it's there for. We're there God, to be man, together. You're such a- Centered guy, right? Isn't it? He's so centered. That's why is my reverend? Yeah. So is Bob Weir and Mickey Hart? Are they? they No, Dead and Company's great now. I was there at the 50th for the you know 50th you know Fare Thee Well in Chicago. I mean, Dead's great. So it's its own tribe. Are they still? Are they both still in it? Weir and and Hart and here's absolutely yeah yeah. He's so centered. Like you, you don't ask Dead fans about the dead. It just no, but I mean. I get the impression from Rev, and maybe it's just because he puts up with us, but I just get the impression that like, anybody can come with you with anything. You just don't really... Nobody really grinds your gears. That's because he is a man of God, Kate. It's <laughs> a man of God. It's connected, and it's the beer. So, you know. And the beer. You yeah, drink, the beer, you drink yeah, a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Lewis has walked away from the group uh, once Sonny appeared at the campfire for warmth. She's finally cold and wants to get some of the campfire. She just wanted to get a he pops off that joint. And, 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 well, he feels betrayed, so he walks off, and he's soon confronted by the ghost of Gilbert. Hmm. I only got three four that swimming pool built. I got another. Who's seat. not dead? But I guess the the secondhand weed no, smoke. No, he needed a diving board for that swimming pool. He had to do another scene. Uh, he's wearing an Obi Wan Kenobi robe, and he tells Lewis, "You need to act like the leader that the nerds need." He tells Lewis, "You're acting like a weenie." And you need to get off this island and save the Trilams. Sounds profound. Well done, Anthony yeah. Edwards. Hope you enjoyed your swimming pool. He did. You know who's never sold himself out for a fancy swimming pool, boys? 
Booger. Dirty Fabian at Drew Estate. And if I'm talking about unconventional Fabian, then you know I'm talking about tobacco special cigars. Brought to you by the folks who created Sweet Jane, La Vieja Habana, and much more. Available in your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers, they envelope a Sumatra binder and a Nicaraguan... Say it. Criollo. Criollo. Yeah, but Fabian's a Yankees fan. I envy you, Fabian. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. A perfect earlier morning smoke, and if you don't believe me, then try one for yourself. Do you believe me? I do. Do you believe me? I do. Do you believe me? Absolutely, Cade. Do you believe me? Of course. Do you believe it? Absolutely, yeah. All right, well. If you don't... You sounded like you wanted some try dissension there. Try one for yourself. You got, you're like, all right, everybody believes me. Well, I said if you don't, try Take one for yourself. Take it back to paradise. Take it back to paradise, please. This must be just like nerds in paradise. Oh. And those nerds don't want to go home. <laughs> Again, Tut, next time can we get Fritz? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Oh, okay. okay. I'm only trying my best here. Oh, sorry. No, that was good. That was good. Daily Roth. skibby doo bop a doo bow It was good. So the next morning, Lewis wakes up everybody and fires up and both the insults. nerds and Sonny to help him get the hell off this island. They use their nerd math skills to find a bunch of buried military equipment, T2 style. There's this bunker underneath the island. And they're all set. So the nerds arm themselves in army fatigues and weapons, like commando, if he had mm-hmm. no muscles. Where do they put all these bullets in there? Like, are they going to shoot people? No, but it was a fun little throw off to commando. The whole getting the... It was. And when yeah, but and I when, mean, are they really prepared to go back to the fraternity council no, and but, kill people? No, that's not what it was intended, but it was still a fun little throwaway. It meant business. It's intimidation. And when he turned and did that three-quarter thing to the camera, <laughs> could you not see the Matt Morning drawing of a nerd? I mean... Okay. It was fun. Lay off the film. It was good. We'll be the judge of what's good around here. I am the judge. It's good. I just... If you're going to fill a bandolier with bullets and grenades... Come on, it's not that movie. They did it. I know, they it was funny. That, that was the director's cut. They go in and kill everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Dude, Lewis is throwing those saw blades like Arnold and Commando, just slicing off Alpha Beta's arms left and right. Dude, Alex Jones... There was no nerds. There was no bullets. There was no grenades. Uh, they count commandeer. Did I use that word right, Yance? They commandeer a giant amphibious No, you tank. did not, no. because commandeer means that somebody was operating it, and then they stole it from them. They they just fire, fire up a, a, a okay, amphib- yeah. an amphibious tank. Uh, I asked Yaks. Raj is Sometimes, Derek, we get lost in, in right. vernacular and vocabulary, and it tends to make things I'm, run. Touch I'm kind of picking up on the formula here. Yeah. It's why I ask. Yes, he's much more sensitive and tells me when I'm wrong in a nice, gentle way. At the Kipsey Institute of the Technical Science, we didn't take English literature. 
and guess what? This tank that they fire up. It's not really a tank. It's more like an amphibious vehicle. It's a hover. Uh. <laughs> Me fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> it's a big fucking machine. Amphibious vehicle. Amphibious assault vehicle. An amphibious assault vehicle. Can we agree on that? There you go. Uh, and they it gets him off the island. Raj is holding a motion back on shore to disillusion the Trilams for their perceived crimes. They stole his car. And if they're not there to defend themselves, hey, guess what? It's game over. Well, suddenly the nerds tank. I'm sorry. The nerds amphibious assault vehicle bursts through the meeting hall just in time before Raj can pound his gavel. And then they keep driving the amphibious assault vehicle straight into the Hotel Flamingo pool. Nice driving point, Dexter. Oh, you can't see. There was that really funny scene early on where he was flirting with a cardboard cutout of a model. <laughs> Goes and, to get her a drink and walks in the pool. And then he walks yeah. into the pool with his three-piece I'm suit. sorry, I love Poindexter. He is so one-note, and he plays the note so well. Uh, according to Armstrong, who claims to be a nerd... He said that uh, not nerds, decidedly, in the 80s, were Timothy Busfield and Larry B. Scott, who played Lamar Luttrell. He said those dudes were party animals and ladies' men. Oh, he's not gay, Lamar. No. He said he was was a a chick magnet, and and him and Busfield were were drinking every night and partying and hooking up with chicks. Mm -hmm. I read this book. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I would love to read his book, but I'm not going to read his book until he's on our show. Oh, here we go. Let it go, man. Raj tries to keep Lewis from speaking, uh, but some brothers from another trilam in a different state uh, exert some muscle and shut the alphas down. Brother? That's what I'm saying. Brotherhood. That's, yep. what, that's why you picked this they movie, and it's all, make, it's all starting to make sense, Rev. That's why we're here. Raj isn't giving up, though. He pleads to Ogre. Look at these guys. They're wearing funny clothes. They're different. They're a bunch of losers. But Ogre's eyes have been opened to the way of the nerd, so he stands silent. When confronted by Sonny about staging the car robbery, Raj admits to it out in the open. Yeah, I did it. I staged the whole thing for them to steal my car. Ah, damn it. Well, you know what? They're geeks. They're pencil necks. we got to get them out of here. That's what he says to his face. He goes, what are you going to do about it? Hmm? You're a geek. I'm not. You're a pencil neck. I'm strong. What are you going to do? do? No, he says you'll do nothing about it. To which Lewis cold cocks Raj right in the cheek and sends him flying in the pool. Can we, can we take a time out? I believe, I think this is worth mentioning. He says, you're right. There's nothing I can say about it. But there is something I can do about it. Oh, and then lands the haymaker. Yeah. It's profound. This is moment and you know, Gilbert said you have it in you. We all have those moments, right? You ever cold cock somebody around? Where we choose. We we have those moments where we choose to respond. Right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Have you ever punched somebody in the face, Rev? Louisiana is, is the Pelican State. Is the Pelican State. <laughs> Indeed is. Derek, you ever punched somebody in the mouth? I have. <laughs> I have. It's funny after four of those, you the, the pelican thing goes out the window. John Butler, if you're watching this, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
fuck you, John Butler. <laughs> we hate that guy. TNCC is anti-John Butler. Fuck John Butler. I don't know who you are, but fuck you. Thanks, Tut. Good call. <laughs> or the words of James Hong, fuck you. Fuck Mark you. died and made you God. Died and made you God. The fraternity council erupts in cheers. Nerds. Nerds. In a good way. They love the nerds. Dude just knocked his ass out. I've seen you punch some dudes out. I know you've done it. Let's be fair, though. In Yak's defense, he has had to employ self-defense. He runs a business. He tries to keep it a. Oh uh, no! This is a Whataburger at 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh okay. I, I, I was. I was. Yeah, cause I was trying. I was trying to stick up for you. That you were my fries. Yeah. Just That's kick. my fancy ketchup, you motherfucker. He's just kicking ass. Cody just got pissed. Cody just got pissed off that someone ordered the Monterey burger and he punched them. The best, the best, the best yak boy ass kickings are when he's on the clock and it's somebody being disrespectful. Cody and his brother want to run a business that people can feel safe at. I certainly here in downtown historic Temple, Texas. Did you clear my presence with Cody before the show? Yes. I think I mentioned he was coming, didn't I? No. no. That's not the same as clearing. No. Oh, God, did you beat up Derek at some point? No. Oh, okay. Oh, look, Cody Does he brother. look like he would be the guy that's going to come in uh, and be the alpha beta? UT. <laughs> Instigator. Always trying to get things going. Uh, I think maybe you ought to take a look at Derek again. <laughs> you know he's a rat. Guy seems kind of like a son of a bitch. <laughs> Speaking of rats, I'll take a moment to talk about the Drew State rat. By, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, we close. So we've all punched guys in the face. It happens. Some of them deserved it. Maybe someone didn't. Most, most deserved it. Not all. Especially John James Butler. John Butler. John Butler. He deserved it. Fucking cocksucker. We close with a... Fuck ser- you. I don't tell you anything, Dick Brain. <laughs> Doctor, do you think that the psychological ingratiated into his psyche of Derek with this John Butler character, will that ever leave his soul, or is that something he's going to have to wrestle with? We always hold this animosity towards this John Butler character, or can he move on with his life? Well, Mr. Cade, I would say it's far too early to tell, mm-hmm. but... From what I know of John Butler, he must be a tremendous piece of shit. I mean, my God, what a horrible person he must be. This man here is a saint. He's giving out three cigars. He's a good guy. John Butler must suck aardvark cock. He must just be terrible. I don't like to say this, especially with another man of God present, but burn in hell, John Butler. Burn in hell. I think you're right. I just looked up John Butler on the internet. He's apparently saved a family of three from a fire. He donates. Oh, it's a blood. common name, Todd, for God's sake. There's probably 7,000 John Butlers. Derek's John Butler. It's like El Wapo. We all have an El Wapo. We all have a John Butler. It's something we always have to wrestle with. i got to tell you, this voodoo IPA is making me smarter by the second. Yeah, point of order, <laughs> when you do review uh, the three amigos, I would like to be invited back. Ooh. Oh. Three amigos. 
Is that when Derek comes in instead of a cigar? He's it's a sweater. We're gonna need six sombreros. But I'm also a bigger fan. I don't have money for that. Would you say we're going to need a plethora of? All right, let's get back to this. We we gotta wrap this up. I love me some Pepe. It is one of my top five movies of all time. So uh, we'll, we'll. God, it's so good. We'll get to it. Actually, the first date with my oh, the first official official date with my wife when we decided that we were going to like make a go of things was supposed to be to the three amigos but it was sold out so we watched tom cruise oblivion Oof. boy that's a weird that is a that's that a, is a, a total that, no it's not because that's a weird audible. it is but you don't want to die with a sissy guy <laughs> you don't want to watch a sissy movie but we enjoyed each other's company through oblivion, so I knew she was the one. Well, it's a you movie. You can't talk. You're just and here is the Reverend. <laughs> Together we rode off on the horses. Rode off on the horses. Who the hell are you? Smoke the traveling men. Smoke the traveling men. Some of the guys. All right, wrap this shit up. We gotta wait for Derek to get out of the John. Uh, dude, I, I actually this uh, second traveling man has acted just like the first. Two thirds in, spice kicks up. Yep. It's got the cream. It's got the milk chocolate. It's a tasty cigar. I liked it. And, I, and construction's been great. I dug it. I all the, all the relights I've had it. to do is just for me talking okay. too much. Yep. Um, the beer. Beer's you, phenomenal. You guys like it? Cade yes. talks too much. Yeah. New Hampshire Journal. I do. It's kind of like a. It, it's it's a toned down IPA. It's not an in your face ballsy IPA. The hops are way tuned down to what we usually do. But it still has it still has enough flavor to where it's actually a legitimate IPA. I like it. Um, I liked it too, and I, I really liked how it, when you guys smoked the uh, Black Label, the Connecticut Killer B. Did it stay out of the way of that one as well? For me, it did. Actually, I thought it kind of brought out some of the breadiness in the Black Label Connecticut. Uh, I have a trouble with breadiness. It's really weird. It's funny how palates work. Folks, uh, you cigar guys watching this right now, uh, let us know if there's any kind of flavors that you read in reviews that you just never get. I'm curious. Because Tut has never got cream or creaminess in a cigar we get it all the time uh, uh, you don't get butter is that right no but it's interesting though because we've gotten butter in cigars Cody doesn't get butter it's the same thing I mean with food and you know wine is a big thing where people people really get into what they pick up from different wines. Uh, different notes, different, and, and and really with wine, it's the same thing. People will pick up different, different types of fruit, different types of uh, you know right. mineral and things like right. that. So it really is, it really is a subjective experience. I think that's oh, one, totally of the, is. one of the beautiful things about cigars. It's going to be different. Uh, you can smoke the same cigar tonight and have it a week later, and maybe what you had for dinner. And quite honestly, I mean, just spending it in the company, just having being around a bunch. Well, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like what Jose Blanco says is that the worst thing that you can ever, the worst cigar that you can ever smoke is the cigar that you're smoking with an asshole. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say too that I just saw Steve Saka posted about he was 
he's changing his diet. And, yeah. And he was saying that some right. of his palate is off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he went some to keto the, and, yeah, yeah. and it so starts way off. messing with your palate a little bit yeah. to sweeten because you're, you know, you're. Whatever you're doing. Whatever yeah. you're doing, the. Yeah. You start to get a lot more sweetness yeah. or. Yeah, it has a lot to do with everything you're having. Yeah. Um, to the point where I, I think he said that he was going to stop blending until he gets through this. I think that's what I saw, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. like, crazy messed yeah. up messing with your palate. I don't want Steve Saka blending shit when he doesn't feel like Why not? Steve, Go on it. Steve Saka. No, I actually, I actually told him, I was like, that sounds like a perfect branding opportunity. Blend something while you're on the keto diet and then market that shit as the keto cigar. It works. The yeah, tracks. I gotta go. See it. I gotta go with tracks. But so much of it is too, like you. How often do you have a smoke after you've had a meal, and that meal is going to be part of that specific subjective experience. Look, that's. Well, it's, it's the same thing with like alcohol as well. Uh, you know, we were cooking steaks this weekend, and my wife, I was like, "What do you want to drink to Jenny?" And she was just like, "Wine. Wine is awesome with steaks." So I was just. Wine's awesome with everything. Pretty much. So I play golf, and uh, golf is a cigar sport. Wine's awesome with mowing the grass. <laughs> I mean, you can you can be. You know what's great at funerals? Just wine. how just how even windy the day is can affect the cigar you're having. Yep. I yeah no I mean it's a good point. I mean, your environment, your circumstances, everything affects everything. Um, I, I think this beer in particular stayed out of the way of both from what you guys are saying of the Connecticut Killer Bee. Um, it definitely stayed out of the way of the Traveling Man. Uh, I think it was a good, I think it was a good pairing beer for tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with Tut too. Uh, for me, man, it's going to be hard for a an environmental factor to fuck up my cigar. Derek, yes? Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes when you're on the manufacturing side, you get a lot of complaints about, oh, well, this didn't taste right. Or this. It's like, well, what did you eat? Are you on medication? When did you, did you was it a morning, afternoon, or night smoke? What, yeah. what conditions were you smoking it in? Because we're, not, we're certainly open to the idea that maybe we fuck something up. It doesn't happen often, but it it does happen. But more often than not, we'll get a box of cigars when there's a complaint, which doesn't happen often. But when it does happen, somebody, a a shop or somebody says, we have three cigars that were bad. We want to send the other 17 back. We said, okay, we'll replace them. Mm-hmm. And then but we if get that's the a 17. Construction issue or something, it's but it's never but a construction it, issue. But, but if but it's just it, like it, this tastes weird. Well, when it's when we get the 17 back and we smoke them and we're like, no, I mean, yeah, it could be something else. Like, what, what did you pair it with? You know, mm-hmm. nobody is infallible on the manufacturing side, on the consumer side, on the retailer sure. side. There's just a lot of moving parts, man. It, it, it's. Right. The best thing to do is do like what we're doing tonight. Smoke different. Uh, this is my third different cigar tonight with the same beer, which is a really good thing to do because I could have changed. Well, th- thanks for providing the beers, by the way. But you know, I could have smoked. I uh, could have drank three different beers with three different cigars and thanks said they all suck. But then you don't know what's going on. Right. When you keep the the spirits consistent, then if, if you're really fucking serious about knowing what. Uh, if a cigar is any good or not, smoke four of them and smoke all of them with water if you have to drink anything. 
Yeah, we had that talk with uh, Robert Holt at, hey, Cats Fest, Cats Fest 6, which you can win tickets to tonight. Uh, and you talked about the blending process and how it's just drinking water. and just Absolutely. This is a guy we've drank moonshine with. Oh, my God. 100 yeah. beers with, whiskey with. It's like, water? Fish pee in it. Well, that's why there's 20. Hey, Kate, hold on. Hold on. That's why there's 20, bo- 20 cigars in a box or 30 in tonight's case or whatever. I mean, smoke four or five with water, and then you got, you know, you got 15, 16, 17 yeah, cigars left with that's also why whiskey the, and the beer GNCC and gin. And that's why the Tuesday Night Cigar Club will never blend a cigar. Well, you have the, what did you call the? Water all, we're not going to sit there drinking water all day. Uh, well, I'm no dingling. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's not anything wrong with that. Is there um, anything for water here? I mean, what is no, no, okay. no. You drink okay. your beer. Okay, okay. I'm just asking. So. We close the movie with a ceremony back at the Nerds Hotel where they initiate one Frederick. How do I say that? Kalawaski? It doesn't matter. Al- Aloysius? Aloysius. Polowatsky. Polowatsky. Ogre. Into the Trilams. He's got his plaid slacks, his bow tie. They shove a pocket protector in his shirt, and he's officially a nerd. A dumb as shit nerd, but as Tut often says, I guess it tracks. Uh, <laughs> he takes a drink, a chug, picks up. It's like a, a ceremonial punch bowl, but he just picks it up and chugs it, me style. Uh, and Booger and Snotty actually concocted that mix. Uh, you know it's good. Oh, you know. Uh, it's a done deal. He's a nerd. He starts laughing, honking, like only a nerd can. Tut. <laughs> and then we freeze frame on him. Not only have the nerds won over Ogre, they've won, period, the end. Take me back to paradise. I actually disagree with the scene. Part of being a nerd is you accept people for being the nerds. When you look at the original nerds, and even the nerds too to some extent, you know, they were all different. They they didn't have pocket protectors. It wasn't part of a uniform. Booger's totally different from Lamar. Lamar's totally different from Poindexter. Poindexter's different from uh, Worms, or Worms is different from Lewis. Yeah, they're making them conform. And then all of a sudden you got Ogre. Let Ogre be Ogre. That's part of being a nerd. That's part of nerd culture. Is just so you you're agree fucking different. This movie stinks. No, but yeah. No, but yeah. The end. So yes. Uh, I'm just saying you don't need to put people in boxes. Okay. Uh, correct. That's what's great about the nerds. Lamar is different from Booger. Booger's different than Poindexter. You're absolutely right. But they. Came Fucked up, it up. Came up with this ceremony. and uh, Did any of you boys see any of the other two sequels? Part 3, The Next Nerds, The Next Generation, Actually, or 4, Nerds in Love? I have yes. not. I didn't even know there was more. You haven't seen those? They were made-for-TV movies. Yeah. I saw them, but I only barely remember them. I know that in the third and one... I barely remember... The I third remember, one, they bring back Ted McGinley as Stan Gable. Oh, no, he's, he's in all... Three and four. He comes back in three. Morton Downey is Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey Jr. is in one of them. Uh, no, he yeah yeah he's like the four. Old four beta. is Booger gets married. 
Yes, and she like uh, senses that Armstrong he's... in his book went off on them. He called well. First of all, after doing part two, he called it embarrassment. But yeah, he took uh, wait, 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 wait. But yeah, he took the wait, chair. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I was gonna say. Okay, so I didn't even know there was a three, four, and is there a five? No. No. Okay, I didn't even know there was a three and four. <laughs> there was all this consternation about Booger coming back for two. <coughs> so the character was obviously in the three and four. Was it the same actor? He, it was him. Armstrong came well, back. Fuck for fuck him, man. Yeah. I, I, I do have a no, problem. Fuck you. I do have a problem. No, I agree with you, Todd. I do have a problem. With actors, where that's your job, you don't do something else during the day. Like you make John a living Robert as an said, actor. Oh, the places you can go and, fuck and, yourself. And you Curtis pick up Armstrong. a check, and then you talk shit about something you were in where you picked up a check. I, I do have a bit of a problem with that personally. Sure. Um, they they were made for TV movies. Uh, he claimed that he was embarrassed by part two. He took the check. Um, according to him in his book, uh, Robert Carradine kept talking about how they were going to do the next nerds movie. He was all bad. Yeah, he kept kept coming back to him, and so Armstrong. Now for him, uh, and again, I'm, I'm with you on this, Todd, because, like I said, Armstrong makes a lot of money now, and as for the last ten years, uh, but the early '90s were probably some lean years for him. Yeah. Um. So he took he took those checks. Um. He complained about the movies. He said, I think I think in in the Booger Gets Married one in part four. They bring some other people in, like some. At the, they'll have someone be Gilbert and be Wormser, and it's just like someone else. And they just, hey, Gilbert yeah. Wormser's here, and it's somebody else. And they just show for a minute. Right. And he was like, that's bullshit. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I still, I still have an issue with that. With if you took the check, um, by all accounts, I, I don't remember them. I don't either. All I remember is I think it was in part four, Nerds in Love. Where Betty Childs and Lewis have a baby, and James Cromwell holds it up to the sun and goes, "Behold the nerd child." <laughs> it's cool. That's, do you remember that? Oh yes. Yeah. We've officially jumped the shark. <laughs> uh, Armstrong said. You jumped the shark. An Armstrong said after they made part four, he said he went home, shark. poured himself a scotch, watched the first movie, and said, "I'm done. I'm not knows. doing it anymore." But. After the fourth one, yeah. Again, it, it, it's there. I, I like the book. I, I like I like what Armstrong wrote. There's a lot of good stuff in there. There's some really good stuff about the first nerds and about risky business with Tom Cruise. And uh, Derek's never seen risky business. Thanks look, for exposing after, me. Look after ninety two. I'm the rat. Wait, 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 but isn't it you that hasn't seen? What was it? The Big Lebowski. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, so I, how about I, let's make a pact right now? Your I have, precious doctor hasn't seen it either. I have to partner either. with Cade. I have not seen the Big Lebowski either. But I don't have a. We don't have a thing. Look, after, we do. I don't have vendetta against you. After, I will watch Risky Business when you watch the Big Lebowski. No, because I don't care if you watch Risky Business. And, and I don't care if you watch the Big Lebowski. Here's the most inter- the most interesting this thing. This is where the conundrum starts. <laughs> the most interesting thing. Not really. I, I, I didn't you tell me when I first when the Armstrong book first came out? Didn't you tell me that you had read somewhere where Tom Cruise's camp, his lawyers or whatever, had talked to Armstrong and he had had to excise some things? Correct. He had to cut out some things from his book about the risky business. Which is interesting because Fuck that dude. He, well, here's what's interesting he about it. He did it. Here, here's what's interesting about that. Because he's a pud. One of the things the Armstrong check. says, now, whether this was included afterwards or not, he, he said, 
he said at the time Tom Cruise was 19. He said he was an ambitious, energetic young guy. He said I liked him. He was a fun guy. He, he said I didn't know. There was, there was no way to know what he was going to do. This sounds any, like a porn star who regrets no. her decisions. <laughs> no, he, he said there's no way. He said there was no way to know what was going to happen to him later in life. He goes, I can say. He said, I can say one thing. And this is Armstrong. He goes, I can say one. Yes. Thing. The questions about his sexual orientation. He goes, he wasn't gay in 1982. He said he had one hot blonde chick coming out of his room after another. And one Armstrong. After another. Armstrong claims. That he personally walked in on Tom Cruise banging Rebecca De Mornay. That's a so he was like, I, he's like, I don't know, I don't know where it comes from. He was like, back then, hmm. he was he had a he was running a train. Okay. Wow. He had a picture of John Oates from the uh, Hard Bodies <laughs> magazine. Matt Cade was wow. Mr. Yeah. October. Interesting uh, insight there, Doctor. I'm just saying, uh, don't bitch about it. You took four checks right. from it. You appeared in four movies. Oh, I hate that touch. Don't bitch I, about it. I can't it. stand Look, it. I, I, res- I like him in Revenge of the Nerds 1. I liked him in 2. I loved him in Better Off Dead. I loved him in Moonlighting. I got nothing but respect for him Absolutely. and those things that he's done. But to hear this, and yes, I still am going to read the book. But dude, like hearing this is really—you never want to meet your heroes, right? You don't want to, you know. It's a no. Com- that's, you're right. You're right. They're, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna let you down. And I like—I've always liked Armstrong. He has—he has a couple of scenes in what for me is a early 21st century party movie, The First Band Wilder, where he plays the campus security guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I? Uh, I love—I love Armstrong. Oh my God. Yeah. But I, I, no, I'm with you. I hate hearing that. I hate hearing that. Don't you took the check. Shut the fuck up! You took you took the paycheck. It's more than most of us make in a year, See, probably. Shut up and take the check and don't talk bad about it later on. I, yeah. I don't I don't even begrudge him taking the check. I I begrudge the fact of coming back later and talking shit about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. You took the money. That's fine. We'd all do. We all do it. Well, that's the one thing. Uh, you know the guy who plays Marlon and Arrow. No. That sounds like some fucking John Barrowman. The guy from the Shark Attack movie. The guy from the Shark yeah, Attack John movie. John Barrowman. John Barrowman. Okay. So nowadays, he's got a good gig off of Arrow. He's making plenty of money. But before Arrow, he was in the Shark Attack movies. And this was like a straight uh, sci-fi channel. He probably got paid 40 grand feature. before tax. And the cool thing about him is that when you talk to him about Shark Attack, he's like, yeah, I was in it. It's fun. Fun project. We did what, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's fucking Shakespeare in the park, but it was fucking a movie. It was good. We did our deal. I love that. I love the fact that, all right, so now he's a little bit more of an established actor. He's not shitting on the shit that he took earlier. I, I love right. that. I'm sorry. It, you, no, it's a huge look, dichotomy. Look, I mean, we understand what working actors are. You sometimes you make duds. Sometimes you make brilliant art. Just don't shit on stuff. There, there, I mean, especially when you're fucking taking the money for it. It's a huge dichotomy. So there's two two specific examples I can think of recently. One, I recently rewatched Happy Gilmore, and we were talking about Bradley Whitford and Billy Madison, who is one of the greatest. Slapstick comedy. It, Christopher McDonald is Shooter McGavin. He's fantastic. And I was reading his IMDb page, and he said he initially turned it down, not because he had any problem with the subject matter, but he said I played kind of that bad guy asshole in a bunch of movies. I didn't want to get typecast. 
And he said, then he met Adam Sandler, and he said, I loved Adam. He was smart. He was funny. And he goes, they paid me a shitload of money. And he goes, I, I, my golf game got sick. I was playing six days a week. And he was like, I loved it. He was like, it opened so many doors for me. He was like, I was in Happy Gilmore. I got so much more work. And and this is a working actor. And right. You know, he, he is not, you know, he's made a ton of money, but he's been in a bunch of stuff. And then you read where another guy, I like him as work anyway, but it was about five or six years ago where John Cusack made the statement, I will no longer do a studio movie. And it was like, you know what? It's kind of like, okay, why don't you just do it and not say it? You know, because two years prior to that, you took the hot tub time machine money. And I like that movie. It's a fun movie. movie. I like it, but it's like if you're... I really like it, but it's like if you're going to go then a couple years later, I'm not doing studio movies anymore. It's like, all right, just do it and don't say it. Because you know what, asshole? You took the fucking Con Air money. You took the hot tub time machine money. You've made God knows how many millions of dollars in your life. So if all of a sudden at age 50, you're like, I'm only doing indie movies. Well, yeah, you can because you're fucking rich. Just, Just do it and don't say it. So I'm totally with you on that. Like, and that I like Armstrong to bring it to try to bring it back to where we're at. But it, it's the same thing. It's like, dude, you took the money. Okay, it's a disappointing movie. But then you did Nerds Three. You did Nerds Four. You took what they paid you. Don't talk shit about yeah, it. Like, as somebody who's a layman, like you guys study this shit. Like, you're into film. We know Kate's background. We know what y'all do every week. But like. Somebody, you mentioned earlier that Char, uh, Armstrong is making good money now, and as a layman, I don't know how the fuck that's happening. I don't see him in fucking anything that I. So it's see. it's voiceover work. It's so it's it, you know you you uh, saw you you heard an interview with Hank Azaria on The Simpsons. Now, uh, Armstrong is a regular voice on American Dad, which has been on TV since 2005. It's still on. He's not one of the main principal guys. It's Seth MacFarlane and a couple but he's others. Still Probably making fifty to seventy-five G's a year just, just from. Well, he came back. He came back on the scene with Supernatural. He came back on the scene with Supernatural as well. He was a recurring character. On, he's probably. It's a sci-fi TV show that he doesn't kind of need money. Uh, no. It also uh, blew up on the uh, comic scene, the Comic Con scenes. Okay. Well, you know, and I know I, I may seem ignorant, but for a lot of people. For the people out there that might be still listening or watching, like they're probably more like there's four, than, there's uh, four of them. Okay. Hey, let me say something about the. Let me know when I can uh, do the beanie thing. Do it. All right. So you know, we talked earlier about the donation for CFW. We talked about the cigars for CFW. Uh, I didn't want to disrupt the show for this, but also I brought one... Up. Derek, the cigars for TNCC is an awesome, awesome idea. I totally... I, I, I want to thank this you. This is a charity that's very dear to my I heart. Thank I love you. when I benefit from Cigars for <laughs> TNCC. Alright, so... Those of you who <laughs> might still give code. a shit and might <laughs> still be here, yeah. I, I brought a beanie tonight, a black label beanie. I'm giving it away to somebody who can... I'll take it. I'll put another post up. Oh, you can give it. It'll be much so smaller rich. than the CFW donation post, but if you want the hat, I want you to post on or comment on the post that I'm going to make on TNCC about. Tell me, we have two brands: Black Label Trading Company and Blackwork Studio. Right. And Black Label Trade Company, we did four limited editions. 
black work studio. We have three limited editions, so there's seven total. I want you to tell me the order in which they were released oh. to the mass public, because yes, we did have to get some stuff in <coughs> pre-FDA, but I'm not talking about that. Right. Tell me in order, if you can tell me in order, the, the number of the seven LEs that we've done in order, I'll okay. send you a black label seven beanie. Seven. I'm going to guess that Danny Medina is going to win this contest. Danny, if you're there, you probably already bought one anyway, but I have two hats too. So <laughs> one a, you wash to smoke in, one you have to look fucking cool. He like is a hardcore. Okay. Well, you just laid down the gauntlet. That's how you get a beanie. Um, I will say I this. do recognize that name from the viewership. Oh, was he tuned in? He totally was. Yeah, he's a big black label guy. Wait a minute. It's and John a, Butler. And you a, son of a okay. bitch. John Butler, you are fucking automatically disqualified. You can't win. Danny Medina, do your shit. You better fucking win this. Tell you what, you can get John Butler a house call from the doctor. Did you guys see if Dan Gunselman, the screenwriter, did he... He was on that. Did he get in on any point? Uh, yeah, he said, been "Fuck you." Under the table for the last two hours. <laughs> he made some comments, right? All right, okay, I want to say this before Fuck these guys. Uh, we leave. Uh, it's actually, a pretty abbreviated show for what we do. No, not really. No, it no, it's not. Turn out that way. Hey, but uh, hey, according to my notes, it let's was. Give a, but let's I, give a huge I, shout out to the Rev and no, Derek no, 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 for no. hanging in. I will give them shout outs. Oh, I'm sorry, I, wanna, I, I got one more. Thanks, Doctor. I got one more. Th- no, 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 no. We will give you shout outs. Okay, fuck you, Doctor. I want to say one more thing. I was surprised to learn that Lambda 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 exists in real life. Yeah. Really. On January fifteenth, two thousand six, the University of Connecticut. Founded the co-ed Lambda 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 Social Fraternity. It's unaffiliated with Greek life, and it is dedicated to the enjoyment and enrichment of pop culture and to the brotherhood of its members. The Trilams do not discriminate based on race, gender, religion, class, ability, gender identity, or sexual orientation. Or blood alcohol content. Or blood alcohol content. How about that? A cool campus fraternity story for once, not involving broomsticks or date rape. At Sam Houston, weren't you part of Nambla, Nambla, Nambla? No. (laughs) (laughs) You can't prove that. I went under my alias. Pull up the picture. Pull up the picture. Hey, I don't care what they say. That's why That's why you're here with the doctor. That's pretty good. I went under my assumed name back then, Derek Matthews. Wow. <laughs> now, if you had said Robert Kraft, that would have been so much better. <laughs> or Dan Glubowitz or whatever. Dan Gunselman? The, Gunselman, the guy that wrote this piece of shit. <laughs> the Trinams? Wait, the tri- wait, 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 wait. Piece of shit. Are we summarizing that this was a piece of shit? I felt like it was a bad carbon copy of the original, and I didn't feel the heart and soul. It was okay. Yeah, I won't go piece of shit. I'll agree I with what you just said. I won't go piece of shit, but it was okay. Are yeah. going to do a round table? How do you do this? Do you do a round table? Yeah, I'm going to start with Tut. I thought it was fine. You liked it. I really did. You liked it a lot. Uh, I did. Uh, to me, there was a little bit something that was kind of wholesome with this. And maybe it was kind of like... I, I I don't know. I, I, I appreciated it for what it was. The one thing that I, I kind of... It just kind of popped in my brain box here... If you think back to the first movie where you have the Trilams that were an all-black fraternity, 
And yet there's so much going on. That yet, first they, movie. yet they, yet they accept. Your nerds. They accept this geek fraternity that was just nerds. I'm sorry. They're they're. All right, here comes just a whole bunch of expungent. You have this celebration of nerd and geek culture now, to where whether you're talking about Big Bang Theory, you're talking about all this nerd culture. Well, Big Bang Theory is just shit culture. Well, it's, actually, I had a friend that it's a described show the that, shots fired from caves. Actually, a show that doesn't represent geeks or nerds. It's actually, just I heard it's just stupid. I heard another nerd friend describe it as really blackface culture, to where blackface nerd culture. To where it was like so making fun of nerds, and yet it was under the disguise of, you know, holy shit! I almost this is the debunked my entire argument earlier. Oh, I thought you were crying. Where it was, like, well, I kind of am. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, it just there, there was a point to where being a nerd in the '80s that was not fun. Right. Revenge of the Nerds was the first movie that like actually like made nerds kind of acceptable. Acceptable. I'm not going to say cool because you were still making fun of nerds. Big Bang Culture or Big Bang Theory when it first came out was still making fun about nerds. It just there was we ain't marrying Kelly Kukoch. We ain't making. I, I just it's kind of a weird dichotomy to where it just we're not that much more progressed from Lewis I'm sorry if you're gonna I know we're trying to get out of here yeah if you're gonna compare Revenge of the Nerds and what it did, it did for nerds and the the way they felt about themselves and the maybe the, the uprising of hey this did something for us if you're gonna compare that to the fucking Big Bang Theory, no, that's a piece I will of actually shit. say no. I will bullshit actually say show that's not funny, not bullshit. clever. I will, not I will actually, all I know, yeah, it was I will actually be the alpha beta, wasn't it? I will actually, say, <laughs> I will actually say that I've, that Big Bang Theory was more of a nerd right. revolution than Revenge of oh, the Nerds was. Jesus wait, 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 wait. That thing is a piece of crap. The, the jokes on that show are so elementary level bullshit jokes. Well, I guess I need to check my abacus. Dude, the, that that yeah, show is a total joke of uh, anything. To compare to what Revenge of the Nerds, I get what you're saying about Revenge of the Nerds. I won't give a shred of credibility to Big Bang Theory. That That is a total nonsense corporate bullshit series that, that does nothing... To advance nerd culture, advance. I will. I will anything. put. I will put that you see more superhero shirts in Target because of Big Bang Theory. Oh, well, that makes sense. Called you a rat face son of a bitch. Go ahead. I guess Wait. if my kid can get a flash shirt in Old Navy, You're then awesome Big Bang Theory my is man. worthwhile. Come on, man! That that show is not funny. Dude, it, you guys are comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. Yes. Like. Like what you're saying is if you if 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 a hundred is the total and you had 
53 was was Revenge of the Nerds 2. This is 40, science. This is science. Write that down. 53. 100 and equals 47. 53. Of course, I'm simplifying things. Plus 47. For those of you who are not mathematicians. Equals John Butler's an asshole. Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds was an earnest take on nerd culture and trying to make bad. them. But it was, to, it, wait, was wait, also 20, no, it was also 20 years before no, Big Bang. No, 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 no. Revenge of the Nerds no. was was an earnest. Honest attempt to normalize. humanize and normalize yeah. these yeah. guys. Big Bang Theory was a commercialized attempt with bad jokes, but bad Matt, writing, and bad everything. But Matt, that's part of the equation. You can't you, you can't just go with like the gut theory of what you think it is to be real. Have you like, ever laughed at one goddamn joke on Big Bang? No, Bang. but I can tell you one. Th- my only claim to fame is my very first girlfriend was a girl named Julie Parsons. Whose brother was we, Jim Parsons? Are we going after her on this? No, we're not going after her. I thought Jim Parsons was the guy that you punched in the face. No, that's John Butler. John no. Butler, stay with us. <laughs> the point is, you have to hit all markets to to make something normal. And when you have somebody, when you have something like Revenge of the Nerds two, which I'll come back to because we're supposed to be going around and a thing to say what we thought about the film. We were supposed to. That's, we were. That's but what we're doing bring now. Back, bring it back. There. You have. That's what you we're have, doing now. You have. I'm not going to go nearly as far as calling this an indie film. I don't remember if I saw the Universal Globe spin before the movie it did. or not. It did. Or whoever it was. But it did. Spot. You have to hit all markets, and it's all components to a sum. You have the the ground level movement. You have the commercial movement, which is more of what you're talking about. You have everything in between. That's, that's good shit. And now, look, dude, like, we are all in our 40 plus. We're all 40 plus years old. When we were coming up, when this movie came out, the movie, whether or not it sucked, resonated with us. The original or the sequel? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It all was like, okay, whether the, like, that's what I'm saying. The, whether or not the movie sucked, it was like, nerds were fucking nerds. They were picked on or whatever. Now, somewhere, and I don't know where, but somewhere there was a flip. Now the nerds are not on the outs, right? It's the fucking blockheaded jock, or the fucking racist, or the sexist, or the ageist, or whatever you want to whatever you want to say it is. All of my college classmates, go ahead. right? So it, it it flipped over to become a component of this is. Now this is normal. The nerds are now normal. We're all fucking nerds. If we weren't nerd, if you weren't nerds, you wouldn't have the Tuesday Night Cigar podcast. There was no room for this kind of shit in 1987. Here, right? I mean, can you at least agree to that? I agree. Yes. Okay. So I don't see it as a as a component of like yes. Okay, for itself, the movie on a scale of. I don't know, 1 to 10, the movie for me was like a 6. Like, it wasn't that great. But I'm not going to deny its role in people of our generation seeing what's happened culturally to normalize where we are now. And I'm not saying whether or not I agree or disagree with that. I I love everything you've just said. I could not have said that better myself. I mean, I think it does speak to some of that normalization of nerddom, if you could call yeah. it that. But I think the, the piece for me was that, you know, Nerds 1 is this good versus evil thing, you know, and Nerds 2 is this redemptive. I think the key in Nerds 2 for me was Ogre being brought over to become a Lambda, Tri-Lambda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the key part, is that it's this redemptive quality that, you know, even you can be part of this group. And I think that's 
that to me is the message of it. Everything else aside, it's this moving from good versus evil to redemptive quality. That's my take on it. Even though I think that they should not have changed Ogre, they should have accepted Ogre for who he is. I agree with you. All right. Tuck, give us some links. All right. Sign up, motherfuckers. No, uh, join us God, on. God, give us some links. God damn it, I'm at your fucking uh, job. You're watching this. You're watching this on uh, the the Facebook. So your Tuesday Night Cigar Club. You can uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, join us on Twitter at TNCCCast. Uh, see all of Cade's lovely photos. TN on Instagram, TNCC underscore cast uh, podcast. Put a lot of care into this. Yeah, you do, and I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, if you're going to like do some shopping on Amazon. Amazon, go to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club page, click on the Amazon link, do your shopping from there. It doesn't cost you anything. We get a little kickback. Uh, also, by the way, if you're going to buy some cigars, whether it's uh, anything that you saw whether tonight still. Whether it's Man or it's some Black Label cigars, go to... Famous Cigar Club. Click on the Famous Cigar Shop link. By the way, if you're going to spend $100, uh, type in the promo code TNCC20. Get your $20 back on there. Like Yogi Berra said, that's 20%, y'all. And, uh, you know, you save you know, $20. He never said Yogi Berra never said that. He totally did. Why are y'all shitting all over my links? Uh, although Tut does, uh, before we... Sign off, Kate. Good segue there with Yogi Berra. Baseball season. It is. So, uh, Cubs win. I recently. Cubs win. I recently. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, Tyler. Fuck you, man. Fuck you and your goddamn Cubs, son of a bitch. I know they should have won, but they didn't. On another note, I did return from my trip to the Valley of the Sun uh, last week. Can't wait to read it. So, a new article will be coming out soon. That will be on the TNCC website. I am now conflicted about. The Netflix movie The Dirt. After hearing Tut loved it and Derek said it's a piece of shit, uh, that's gonna that's gonna leave me conflicted. And they're that. both crew fans, apparently. Uh, I'm a crew fan. So, uh, but that's coming out. And fucking Mick. Look forward to a review. Also, a movie that's gonna drop tomorrow on there. The one with uh, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson, where they're playing the cops that go after. Oh yeah. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. You do that, that one. That definitely. definitely. I, I am waiting for that. That May, drops I'm, this weekend. I might have to bump that. The baseball ones I've already started working on. I might have to bump that into the Motley Crew one. So uh, essentially, just, you're saying go to TuesdayCigarClub.com. You're going to be getting a lot of new stuff. A lot of new stuff. And yeah. just, I know. I know. I'm going to turn it over to UK just for me on a personal note. Um, dude, just just man, fucking a awesome to have the Rev and Derek here tonight. Man, that's just fucking agreed. Fucking, agreed. It couldn't well, be better, man. Cody agreed. Love having these guys Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks. It wouldn't be a show upstairs at O'Brien's if Cody didn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, folks. If you never sin, Jesus died for nothing. Please, please don't make any ice cream truck jokes. No, I'm done with those. I'm done with those. We've heard enough of those. I have enjoyed the hell out of you guys being here. It's been fun. Uh, Made the wings of liberty, never lose a feather. Sayonara, mother scratchers. To learn more about the time Jocks tried to silence me and cripple my spirit, but I fought back, face first, read my 1988 short story, I Munched Ultimate Nerd Muff and You Didn't, My Year Living Between the Thighs of Condoleezza Rice, by Matt A. Cade. 
Okay, okay, I never met Condoleezza Rice, but she's a famous nerd, and you can imagine what that would have been like, am I right? Hmm? Hmm? Am I right? Ah, summer nights. Maybe. Anywho, in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit HiramAndSolomonCigars.com and NewBelgium.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienSimple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.FritzBeerMusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying, until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well.